Welcome to Church Jams Now, everybody, uh, the podcast where former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music of, we typically say, the 90s and 2000s, uh, but we're going back in time a little bit today, and we will get to that. But before we do, uh, my name is Kylan Savage. I am one of your co-hosts, and with me, as always, is our beautiful producer, Josh. Hello. Hey, Josh. How's it going? It's going great. Happy to be back for another episode. Awesome. I mean, you're here every episode. I am. I mean, you make I it am. sound like you make it sound like you're on like a probationary. Yeah, period. he's on thin <laughs> ice, man. He's too only, beautiful. Only a couple more episodes, and then I'm out. <laughs> and then you're done. Yeah. Uh, the other voice uh, you heard was Mr. T.J. Smith, yo, our yo, resident yo. philosopher. What's up? How's it going, TJ? I'm good. I I was gonna say I feel like our theme song for this episode actually needs like a yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I won't I won't say anything That's true. else. But yeah, I, I might re-record. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't really care about you guys because I talk to you every week. Uh, we have a guest this week. Uh, everyone, give it up for Mr. Aaron Cooper Woo! is joining us. Woo! Uh, yeah, he is a a writer for Bearded Gentleman Music for Fifty Third and Third, and the co-host of the Crushed Monocle podcast, mm-hmm. which I personally really love. Uh, so, Aaron, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank you for having me. So far, I haven't been kicked off yet. So, yeah, that's, that's right. true. Well, we'll you're see. also on thin ice. Oh man, I'm always on thin ice. That's how I live. <laughs> He's putting everybody Dangerous. on thin ice. Yeah, um, man, I'm I'm excited to have you. Yeah. So for folks not in the know, you want to talk a little bit about your podcast? So I'm a really big fan. I actually just finished today, right before we started recording. I was finishing up your Steve Albini interview, which that's super for cool. music nerds is like cool. really fucking rad. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, Crush Monocle started as a podcast on the Bearded Gentleman website. Originally, uh, it was the first of the month podcast. One of the writers there, uh, Mike, did an episode every month. And it was just usually him and the site owner, John, and sometimes one of the other writers. And they would just talk about what they listened to. And it just kind of lay dormant for a while. And uh, as writers started kind of dropping off the site a little bit, they just asked me if I wanted to take over and give it a shot. I've never done a podcast before. And so me and John, uh, the writer, the owner from the site, uh, got together and we decide to uh, just jump into it. That's super rad. Yeah, it. it's really good. We're we're definitely gonna push people over to listen to that. I appreciate it's that. Super good. So I just wanted to know a little bit about like so from everything I see online, like you know you, you do a lot of of writing. Yeah. Uh, specifically, that's like music related yeah. and stuff online. And uh, you know, how did you get started in that? Like, how did you how did you start writing music pieces? I'm uh, I've always been super big into music i think all of us are and i've just always been really opinionated about music i'm a musician i also grew up in church playing in my church band and i still do and um people all my friends used to come to me and always want to hear me rant and rave about terrible music because they thought it was funny (laughs) right (laughs) so i as a joke i started making videos on facebook kind of like with commentary you know like how everyone on youtube yeah yeah john from the site had saw one of them. I don't know if it was mutual friends or he just kind of discovered it and just asked if I wanted to write for the site because he liked my, the way I I spoke. You know, he, it was kind of conversational, right? And uh, I joined the site and become a little bit better of a writer. I hope. <laughs> I think so. I I always get excited when uh, whenever I see that you've written something and you share it. <laughs> You're making me blush. I, I, 
I feel like too every now and then. Uh, I also follow you on Twitter, oh. which is <laughs> very very fun for me <laughs> because I feel like I feel like the opinions and things that you uh, communicate on Twitter are like very funny and very common sense and seem to like make some people very upset. <laughs> you know, I'm a magnet for that kind of thing. I have I haven't figured out what the secret is to that. I follow a whole bunch of people and strangely enough a whole bunch of people follow me and I think I think most people like hate follow me. Like they want yeah. <laughs> they want to hear me say something the best that kind. <laughs> the best kind of follow. That yeah, sounds really uh, petty and narcissistic to say, but I think that's <laughs> that's how I've acquired as many followers as I have. No, so that's good. that's super awesome. Um, yeah, okay. So you mentioned that uh, you grew up playing in like your church band yeah. and stuff. So I want to know a little bit of your history with like Christian music and stuff. Like, what yeah. like what did you kind of like grow up listening to, and and how did that relate to? other things like did you listen to solely christian music growing up or did you you know was that just like part of the diet or what Uh, you know i don't really listen to christian music (laughs) i never really did um yeah my dad was a musician my mom loved music so i always grew up hearing everything they listened to my dad was really into old 60s music like soul motown beatles and my mom like pop so i've always had a good eclectic blend of different styles of music but a lot of my friends were into church, and I, I didn't grow up in a conservative household, but we're all probably close in age. So, I, and you said it in one of your other podcasts, in the 90s, late 80s, 90s, Christianity was kind of real mainstream, I guess. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, so uh, I just, I would go to church all the time, and all my friends were in church. And right. uh, at one time, they, they realized they had no bass player, so they asked me to play, <laughs> and so I just and that was when I was like 15 or 16 and I've been playing ever since hell yeah I, I feel like I feel like that's a relatively common story I feel like churches yeah. are always low on bass players yeah it's <laughs> I, on bass too it's perfect <laughs> it was the first time I ever played a bass too I mean I I, I played guitar yeah, since no, I was I, a kid but then now I had a big bass in my hand and Oh, I can handle this. <laughs> I, f- I feel like 90% of church bass players are guitarists yep. who j- had to had to start playing bass because it's all oh. that all that was needed. Yeah, there yeah. were already and- three guitarists in the band and the other three were better than, that, yeah. than the other guy. Right. So the yeah. fourth guitarist becomes the bassist. Yeah. I was a guy that wanted to play bass and so they're like, "Okay, give Josh a bass." And <laughs> Before the first, the first time I played on stage for like the youth group band, I only knew the notes on the D string, so I could only play on that string, which on bass is not a very low string. Wait, so on the not D even, string? On, on the D? I like only the knew high the D? notes on the D string. Yeah, so it's not even getting like the real low notes. So you're real so. melodic. That's cool. It was. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I didn't know yeah. that, Josh. That's yep. super funny. That's where I got my That's start. That's super funny. Yeah. Well, in in my church, and I mean, we've recorded a bunch of albums and and things like that. Uh, it's only one acoustic guitar and then me on bass and drums. So I found myself filling in a lot of that stuff with melodic things like how you're talking about. So I don't know. Is mine, it a church thing? Mine was not melodic, but yours <laughs> sounds like it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have any any like albums from, from this time? Maybe not necessarily the album that we're going to talk about because, um, like I said, we're going a little further back in time. Mm-hmm. But like from like – the late nineties or early two thousands or anything like that. Were there any like Christian albums that 
you really have like a big memory of i see i really don't like christian music and i don't mean it because right of the, <laughs> i don't mean it because of the subject matter it's just that it never did appeal to me you're well, not I, offending anybody yeah exactly i mean we're i we're, think a lot of the bands that i did like that kind of were i'm not gonna say they were like fringe christian groups but i did like a lot of bands in the 90s that were like rumored to be christian you right. know like yeah i like yeah. i like collective soul quite a bit and oh yeah, and I always heard like, oh, they're a Christian band, but they're not that bad. It's like, wait, they're a Christian band? <laughs> they're like a U two yeah. Christian kind of band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like Switchfoot. Uh, I mean, I kind of know they're yeah. a little bit. They lean a little bit more into Christianity than for sure. Somebody like we're actually Soul. after after we're done with this, we're doing we have a Switchfoot episode coming out before this one that we're finishing. Up. Oh, nice. Yep. After this, yeah, we're doing the yeah. we're doing the big and, the beautiful letdown. Uh, and another episode that you guys talked about, Reliant K, and that was a group I had no mm-hmm. idea was a Christian group, but I like them too. Really? So. Wow. Cool. Really? Cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were just some of the other things that you did grow up listening to, artists and albums that you did like? Man, I listen to so much stuff. I know that sounds really hipster to say it, but I consume so much music, and I always have. Um my favorite group of all time is Super Drag. They were like a Nashville. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Uh, kind of just regular alt rock. Uh, that's my favorite band of all time. But I also like a lot of thrash metal. I'm wearing an Exodus hat, so I like them a great deal. Slayer is one of my favorite yeah. bands. Um, nice. I talked about it in the most recent episode of my podcast of how I got into the group Ministry was from Christian music. Um, I had a, really? I have an over, over, overly religious aunt it was kind of everyone has like that nut. Oh yeah, that nutty uh-huh. Christian aunt. <laughs> and I was over at, at their house when I was like ten or eleven, and she was saying, uh, "Don't ever watch the band Ministry because they're not Christians. They're you know it's <laughs> devil worshiping or whatever." So I was listening. That's we so was good. watching MTV. Me and my teenage cousins, and uh, Jesus built my hot rod came on, and my aunt started freaking out and screaming, turn it off. It's devil worshiping. Turn it off. So she turned it <laughs> off. You know, when she left the room, we turned it back on and <laughs> continued to watch. And it was like the coolest sound I ever heard. And since I've been oh, like 11 so years old, I've been in the ministry. <laughs> Amazing. That's so good. Yeah. I feel like a rebel yeah. from the start. So it's kind of her fault that it, exactly. You got, yeah. 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 I mean, you, you can't tell an 11 year old don't listen to this or don't, watch this yeah. or don't do oh, this. You're going to go because... right out and buy every record. And I did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Okay, so you brought up thrash metal, yeah. which the band we're talking about is not, but uh, okay, I'll go ahead and say it. We're talking about Striper. Uh, <laughs> Striper is sort of the Christian hair metal band. Yeah, it's true. Of, of the 80s. You know, they're like I guess, I mean, I, I always mix up Striper and Petra. It's easy um, to do. Yeah, but they were sort of I'm within sure we'll that space. we'll get a lot space. of hate mail for, for that one comment <laughs> oh, that I just yeah. made. But. Uh, probably. <laughs> all all of the Striper right. fans that are that are tuning into this episode, <laughs> <laughs> like all six of them. Um, we talked about the Chariot. TG and I did an episode on the Chariot, which yes. is definitely more like hardcore with like some noise rock yeah. and stuff in there. But yeah. um I want to talk about metal a little bit. Sure. Uh, this is why I brought you on. Um, <laughs> I just want to like talk about metal. Okay, so you mentioned that 
you got into ministry when you were 11 the band yeah. not, not, not not the, the not, not the occupation <laughs> important <laughs> distinction yeah, on this podcast <laughs> so yeah i just want to know you know okay so i'm a dad now and i work from home and i don't interact with a lot of people but josh and i used to play in a metal band together cool. a southern metal band yes and i don't get to talk about metal much anymore <laughs> so and i don't really know like 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 What's going on? So what is it that sort of appealed to you? Like, what about metal as a genre sort of uh, uh, appealed to you and continues to appeal to you? Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of a lot of modern metal. I, I tend to kind of lean into the older 80s stuff, um, which I guess is good for this episode. Yep. But um, <laughs> like Slayer is probably my favorite metal band in Exodus. And to me, they kind of, they're more punk than anything. Right. It's just like right. extremely aggressive punk music. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. of the, you know, the the satanic aesthetic that makes them more metal, especially with Slayer. Uh, it's just really heavy, fun, fast, um, aggressive punk to me. I mean, one of the the best albums from Slayer, is Rain and Blood. You can fit the entire album on one side of the, of the cassette, and then on the That's second so side is the the same album. You know, it's. <laughs> So, so wow. like, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So it's so yeah. nice they did it twice. <laughs> yeah. So I just like the this speed and aggression. And I mean, growing up in a Christian household, to me, the the satanic elements is more or less watching a horror movie. It's more entertainment. Right. Like they can say all this blasphemous stuff, but I don't take it to heart. I mean, I don't even think they took it to heart. I think the singer yeah, from Slayer exactly. is like a Catholic. Yeah. So. It, um, it was more of a, a vibe. It was a performance yeah. they're putting on. And I love horror movies, and to me, the, all the satanic stuff is no different than that. So I really wasn't offended. There was no you know pearl clutching when it comes to the satanic <laughs> right, stuff right, yeah. for me. Could you make a video, though, really quick, of you just clutching some pearls? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to clutch some pearls. <laughs> and, That'd be really great. Yeah. Tremble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you like more like that faster metal? Because with metal, it's like either going to be super fast short songs or like the longest songs you've ever uh, heard. You know? So. Yeah. yeah, see, that's like the more modern metal tend to, tends to do that. Like I said, I'm not this big expert on everything metal. Um, I like the older stuff. But I think there's a time and place for, for the, the heavier, slower stuff. I mean, I like a lot of noise rock, too. Um but they kind of lost me with the new metal thing. I'm not really a big fan of like the the detuned, simplified version of metal, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. The like the metal core, if you will. Yeah. I feel like a lot of those bands like kind of kind of uh, dipped into that. Yeah. I mean, and that was even a thing like in the mid 2000s too. Like bands like I think it was like Emery. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were Christian, but mm-hmm. it was yep. new metal and. That was another group I had no idea were uh, Christian until I saw them at Warp Warp Tour. Wow! And yeah, I feel so like funny. around yeah. that time there there was like I feel like that sort of like the the metalcore scene writ large was sort of taken over by Christian bands. You know, yeah. you had like Under Oath and oh, Under Oath. That's another like one. You yeah. had like yeah, mm-hmm. you had all those bands. They were kind were of leading the like, way for that genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm hearing is like it's it seems like you're talking about the bands that that you kind of leaned into, almost like being like the OG, like proto metal, like they were like the 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 foundational bands that were creating 
the the basis of that sound, and then it split off into all these other subgenres out of punk. Like, uh, yeah, see, I'm a, I'm probably more into punk than I am metal, but um, with bands like Under Oath and Emery, I just thought they were just like those kind of almost emo type of things. Re- right. Yeah, there was right. like the you know? emo screamo yeah. overlap with a lot of those. And you know, yeah. come to think of it, I think with with the success of emo in the ma- mainstream, I think it kind of probably helped a lot of those christian metal bands i would absolutely i guess all it takes is to be in in touch with your sensitive side and then yeah (laughs) yeah. mainstream and knowing knowing how to appeal to a bunch of broody teenagers right i think right (laughs) well and and i mean there was i feel like in the early mid-2000s there was this sort of like untapped market of metal fans who you know grew up christian yeah who weren't allowed to listen because of like all the That's satanic true. aesthetic yep. and stuff that they could be like, no, mom, dad, they're no, they're, they're screaming about Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that worked for me. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was like my entry point yeah. for a lot of these bands. I can be like, no, 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 look here, let's look up the lyrics. And yeah, you know, I could actually like justify. So, I mean, from a marketing perspective, like, I mean, that, it was a Brilliant. gold line. Yeah. Right it makes around sense. That time. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of that King of the Hill episode with the Christian rock groups. Did you ever see that yes. one? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, yes. That's one of the best ones. It's That's like so you're not good. making Christian rock better. You're just making rock worse. <laughs> <laughs> but that's terrible, though. I mean, um, I know you guys listen to a lot of Christian music growing up, and I think it's kind of got a, a bad rap, you know? People well, think it was that, all we could listen to, so it wasn't right. necess- yeah, but, necessarily but, our choice. Just right. because it's Christian doesn't mean it can't be heavy and it can't be aggressive for you know well that's the thing we, we found like so we just did um uh last week we just talked about some kind of zombie by audio adrenaline yeah um and i was really surprised by how um you know be, because i think now like like looking back on a lot of quote-unquote christian music um, there is like a very specific sound. Like, yeah. like so we also just covered uh, Mercy Me, who did the yeah. I Can Only Imagine yep. song. Yeah. And <laughs> like, like that's kind of what you think of right. when you think of Christian music. Mm. But, you know, like we've talked about Newsboys and, and... Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, there were these bands that were like doing really interesting things musically. And I think that's kind of why we started this podcast because like you know we we grew up listening to this music yeah. and not really thinking about it right. one way or the other and then i think like uh music criticism at large does tend to sort of write off yeah. christian music unless mm-hmm. they blow up the way that like a switch foot right does yep. and so i i think you know we wanted to sort of shine a light on some of these bands that maybe we're doing like really interesting things, but sort of, you know, we're in such a niche that mm-hmm. they, they couldn't like break out. So like, yeah, the, some kind of zombie album was like really weird and like nineties alt Rocky. Yeah. Kind like, of grunge. You know, kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Like a little, like uh, some like grunge, a little post grunge, like kind of smashing pumpkins. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like I remember that. Like, song, it was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. You, um, uh, you brought up mercy me. Uh, and that's funny mm-hmm. that, that you brought that up because I, I think a lot about this with this topic. I made a video a long time ago before I started writing for the for the site where I talk about a song from Mercy Me called So Long Self. 
Uh, oh yeah, it's a. I really like that song. I heard it like in McDonald's or Walmart or something. Ha, again, had no idea it was Christian. I'm like, hey, this song's pretty cool. I, it reminds me of uh, like a song from that old Nintendo game, Maniac Mansion. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> pulling out Whoa. some uh, oh, yeah. some old deep stuff, cut. Yeah. Uh, some deep cuts. But I like the song. I downloaded it. I didn't really pay attention to it until I looked up the lyrics. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like trying to hide that they're a Christian group? Because it sounds like they're saying Christian stuff without saying Christian hallmarks. Like it's a song That's about, so you know what I mean? And yeah. dude, well, I love that because the rest of the album that I can only imagine came on is not that at all. I, it is every Christian cliche yes, you yes. can think of. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, so the song that I liked is the one that's the least Christian. But yeah, <laughs> you know, that, they found an artistic way to do it. It kind of bummed me out because I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Like it's, I don't like people to like trick me into liking something. Just let me like it, you know. Well, right, I mean, I'm sure that's right. not their intention, but I'm just saying. Like, but you know, okay. But you know what? You actually bring up a really interesting point. Um, and I do think about that a lot. Like, I feel like, like with Christian bands, there is almost this like, you, you know, we were talking about like Under Oath and Emery and all this like these bands that you didn't know were Christian yeah. is almost this sort of like dishonesty, <laughs> like cultural Trojan horse yeah, right. of, of <laughs> yeah, that's just wild, man. That's just something I'm going to just be thinking about the rest of the night. It's a great metaphor. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily have anything interesting to contribute it's a, to that, but it's just something that's like going to be on my mind now. Yeah. It's a thing, you know, like why was collective soul considered, why do people think they were Christian? Because they had a song called heaven, let your light shine down. <laughs> they had a song called heaven probably exactly yeah. that yeah, yeah so. exactly do it. well okay um before we go too much further i i do want to turn it over to our beautiful producer josh um in his infinite wisdom has done <laughs> some <laughs> some research on the band striper yes uh and i know fuck all about striper <laughs> so i'm excited to hear a little bit uh about this band so josh you want to you want to go ahead and uh talk to us about it a little bit yeah yeah they're a really interesting band way different than like any of the other artists that we've covered um so they started out in orange county california in the early 80s which is kind of cool because that places them like right at like in la and hollywood right whenever like Motley Crue and GNR were like playing, right? Yeah, that's like, what I was uh, Sunset, Sunset Strip Sunset stuff. Strip. Yeah, the yeah. Sunset Strips, exactly. So like they were like right in all of that happening, and so, which is cool because I mean we talk about like Christian music a lot, kind of copying what's going on, and even like maybe being a year, a couple of years after, a couple years <laughs> behind. Yeah, but <laughs> with this, like, it seems like they were kind of in it yeah. whenever it was all happening when GNR and Motley Crue were all getting their start on the Sunset Strip. So, um, so that's just really interesting. So maybe they're more bona fide than younger people like us got the impression that they were. Yeah. Um, right. Right. The members, there's four in like the classic lineup, uh, Michael sweet. He's the lead vocals and guitar. Um, he, uh, strangely, he, in like one of Striper's like down periods, he went on to play with Boston and he was like a guitarist. Oh, and really? Like share. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. 2007 to wow. 2011. Oh, nice. He played, he played with Boston. Wow. Also, Boston was still playing in 2011. I guess so. Incredible. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Striper did end up covering Peace of Mind on their 2009 album, so there's a Striper version of that. But the snare <laughs> That's is interesting. terrible on it. The snare sounds <laughs> like garbage. <laughs> Listen to it for that okay. alone. But the rest okay. of the song is fine. Um, uh, Michael Sweet's brother is in the band. He plays drums. Um, and then they have... Uh, guitarist Oz Fox, and then their bassist, Tim Gaines. And so this is kind of like the classic lineup. Mm. This record is a little bit different because there was some drama whenever they were recording this <laughs> that Michael Sweet mm. didn't think their bassist could, like, he, he was. They didn't. He didn't feel he was the right bassist for the record, so they brought in a session guy to play all the bass stuff. It's always the, the bass, bass player. player. It's always yeah. the bass player. <laughs> they did that... Um, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm showing my my emo roots, but My Chemical Romance did that. Yeah, they, yeah. I think wow. they brought in on Welcome to the Black Parade. They they thought their drummer wasn't good enough, and and brought in like a like a ringer for that record. <laughs> it paid off for them for that record, though. I guess. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you do what you got to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but. So they do have a session basis on this record that we're talking about. But by all intents and purposes, this is kind of the classic striper lineup um some miscellaneous stuff on striper the name comes from isaiah 53 5 which is the by his stripes we're healed verse and they have that like stamp just like on their album it's covers just, yeah it yeah just, i think all their stuff <laughs> just says isaiah 53 yes, 5 yeah it's everywhere but with them. it's their backstory it, right in their title exactly <laughs> yeah amazing but is it but the way they spell their name is with a y so do they take it from like the king james version <laughs> The old English, the old English by stripes his, by his stripes by his stripes we are healed. <laughs> it very well could be. Oh man! Oh, um, man. oh TJ, you sorry. Th- this just uh, Josh. I'm looking at at your research notes. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned something about costumes. Did you guys see in the chat the the picture that TJ shared? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't want us to yet? Not yet. Okay. You want me to go? Okay, sorry. Keep going, go right, the right, I'll go to the we'll album stuff now, right? Okay. I just wanted okay. you all to see it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I haven't looked at it yet. I'm still in research mode, guys. Yeah. Okay. Keep on so, talking. Keep going. So the record we're talking about today is To Hell with the Devil, which pretty racy title for late 80s for Christian music. Um, oh, yeah. But saying this, the word hell. Yeah. <laughs> To Edge. hell. To hell. Edge, yeah. yeah. It's okay if you're saying it Whoa. about the devil. <laughs> right. It's a statement. Out, yeah. It came out October 24th, 1986. They were on Enigma Records, which was a major label, which none of the other bands we've talked about have really been on major labels. I mean, subsidiaries oh, wow. of major labels, I guess you could say. But like this was the label that had Poison, The Flaming Lips, Sonic Youth, Devo, Smithereens. Like, so yeah. they were like, they were a big band. Um, this, this was produced by Steven Galfis, who has production credits for Meatloaf, the Almond Brothers, Cher. Wow. So Cher. Oh, I like you threw Cher yeah, in there. Yeah. <laughs> Cher like, in there. Like, They're versatile. Like, <laughs> quite. Yeah. yeah. He knows his way around the production board. Uh, <laughs> charts. This one debuted on the billboard 200 at 32 and the billboard Christian at number three. Uh, oh, what's yeah, crazy, what I found was wow. it went, it's RIA, Certified Platinum, which is 1 million sales in the U.S. It was certified on January 6th, 1988. So this took like a year and three months to get to oh, 1 million wow. sales. Wow. So this that's, was a pretty crazy. popular record yeah, was, for back in the yeah. day. Blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. So 
and I mean, it's still pretty pop. They've got a couple million streams on Spotify. I don't know how much of that late 80s hair metal crowd has really <laughs> migrated to Spotify <laughs> to really give them the streams. But, but yeah, for release back in the day, for getting a platinum record. So this was like, this was their big record. They had another record after this that was still pretty big. But this was like, I think probably when you think of Striper, like Pinnacle Striper, and this was the biggest they probably got. When who thinks got. of Striper? Because <laughs> when I think of Striper, I don't think of anything. I think, oh yeah, Striper exists. That's a band, I think. <laughs> I, I'm kind of the same way with you, where like, I know of them, but like in researching this, I was like, oh, they were like legitimate, like selling a million like records a and like on a major label. Yeah, it wasn't just like, oh... They the mainstream had Van Halen and we had Striper. So like <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's like the thing with a lot of Christian groups. You said it earlier that it's always like a Christian version of something that was popular a few years before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard of Striper, but I can't honestly if I'm, there's I can't even remember if I've even listened to them before. But right. I know yeah, the name. exactly. I know that it's a Christian band, but it's kind of cool to see that they were kind of more greatly accepted not as a gimmick yeah exactly yeah that's uh, good for them i i still kind of think of them as a gimmick band to be <laughs> so so like i'm excited to dig into this album to see if they can change my mind you yeah. know well and and i think getting into this record i think we're gonna have to separate like the stigma of hair metal from like the music to like judge because it's a hair metal band so that automatically sets them to be like pretty easy to make fun of <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I think we'll have to like deal with that a little bit. Yep. In a more objective light. <laughs> That's why, um, Aaron, I, I wanted to ask you. So, you know, typically what we do on this show is is we predict whether we think this album in 2022 is going to be a flop or a bop. But I think we all have different criterias of like what that means. Um, like, so TJ has a, a patented thumb system Damn straight. Where each song has, has varying <laughs> degrees of thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, for me, it's at this point, it's like, is this something where I would like listen to either the whole record or the majority of the record for whatever reason? Uh, Josh, I don't, it, what, what's your deal? Mine's same kind of with you. Like, <laughs> would I put this on again, like in 2022 or like in a couple of years, like would I see myself ever listening to this, to most of the record or some of it again? Yeah. So I'm curious, like, uh, Aaron, what, what would make you, before we do our predictions and all that stuff, like how would you qualify an album as a flop or a bop? Um, I think a flop, <laughs> I'm pretty good at talking about stuff that I hate, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, I think if something lacks awareness, and it's not good. Uh, I think would I like would be considered a flop in my book. Like they think it's really good, and they're it's just not. But they're not. They can't see this. They're not. They're not self aware about it. I mean, already there's right. already a few notches against it. I don't like Christian music. I don't like hair metal. Right. So it's really really hard to have a lot of hope for it. But in the right. same breath, in the same breath. <laughs> I love Van Halen. Like David Lee Roth, Van Halen's like one of my favorite bands of all time. Like the six pack yeah. of those albums, I can listen to day in and day out. They embrace the cheesiness, yep. so like they're in on the joke. And I think a lot of hair metal in the '80s that was inspired by Van Halen. Van Halen's not hair metal, 
but there's bands that was inspired <laughs> by Van Halen. I think a lot of them were also in on the joke. It was just party music anyway. So it, you can't really right. make fun of something or consider something bad if they when they know it's bad or when they, they know it's cheesy. Right, exactly. You know, so I think this is really putting in a really weird, kind of unpredictable spot for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I don't, you know, I I think for me it's going to come down to I already in my mind hair metal lyrically is just like going to be really cheesy. Vocal yeah. performances are going to be really cheesy. So I think for me whether I think it's a flop or a bop, I I, I think ultimately is going to come down to like music production and ripping guitar solos <laughs> you know like Harmonies. if this if this album has like some badass guitar solos i'll be like all right cool like it is what it is right. you know what i mean right. like like i don't expect anything more from like i have pretty low expectations for what christian or not like yeah. what this kind of album is so yeah uh should we go ahead and just give our predictions i think i gave mine <laughs> <laughs> inadvertently <laughs> Great, tra- great transition. I, you know, actually, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say bop. Let's just do it. Let's get it out of the way. I, I think this album's gonna be a bop. It wouldn't have sold so much it, at the time if it wasn't at least like on par with, you know, a lot of those other bands. That's true. It's a good point. So I'm gonna say a bop. I have no idea. I've been trying to think so hard about like <laughs> what am I gonna say for this record? Like, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to expect with it. I. I hope it's good. I want it to be like something that I'm like, wow, this was actually like keeping up with like in step with what was going on in the day. And uh, like, I think it's it's hard to get over the hair metal aesthetic and everything that comes along with it. Cause that's not the kind of stuff that I'm just like, Oh, I'm going to throw on right now. Unless it's like, you're just trying to get a little nostalgia or just have a little fun, like party music. Like you said, Coop. Yeah. that's a great way. That's kind of what it was. So yeah, I really, I've been struggling. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Even right now, I don't know where I'm going to land with it. <laughs> I feel like I say, I predict bops more often. So part of me is like, I should predict a flop just to like oh, balance yeah. myself yeah, because out. You, you, you seem to be let down the most. It's a good I, point. Statistically. Yeah. Way to be yeah, self-aware, I, bud. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I need to just say it's a flop for that. But I'm hoping that it is. I mean, if they ever record, I hope it is a bop, right? I want to find cool stuff. Well, we, we established in the Mercy Me episode the aspirational bop. Like, I hope, I hope this is a bop. Yeah. So, I don't know. I am excited to get into it because it was so popular, and I want to, like, experience it for myself and see how it pairs up with what was going on in the day. It's so hard. I, I really don't know. <laughs> this whole t- – okay. I've been preparing just to ex- expect it to be a flop, honestly, but okay, I am optimistic. So – I guess right, I'll say flop, right. but I'm You're prepared I'm to optimistic. be pleasantly surprised. Yes, I would like to be. Cool. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? I'm kind of with Josh. I mean, I really don't know what to expect. I hope I hope it's a bop. I'm expecting it to be a, a flop. Because, like, right. even the stuff that, um, Kylan, you even said that, you know, it had to be somewhat good because it's comparable to what was out at the time. But at the same time, Mr. Big was popular in the late 80s and early 90s. <laughs> and right. Groups like... You know, like Nelson and stuff. <laughs> like, that's not good. <laughs> Valid point. Like, in my mind, like, 
Like, it's going to be, like, it is what it is. Yeah. So it ultimately comes down to, like, uh, you know, I think you were talking about, like, like the self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Like, whether that comes through on the record or not. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of hard to be self-aware when it's Christian music, though. Because a lot of right. Christian music is right. self is self-important. It has to be because yeah. it's an important topic. You know? Right. And then yeah, when, that's true. It's kind of like, I've had this conversation before um, on Twitter, is that, like, Christian comedy sucks because it has to be depreciating, you know what I right. mean? Because that's what comedy right, right. comes from is when we make fun of something that we do that we fail in or things fail in, and you kind of can't say those things about religion or faith or whatever. You're kind of undermining it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you're undermining the whole existence of it. So I'm not looking forward to them. I mean, I'm not. I don't know what to expect when it comes to them being self-aware because they kind of can't make fun of christianity you know right so i mean i don't expect for them to anyway i mean they might i don't know but but they're they seem to be more on the edgy side yeah the the to hell with the devil so maybe they are the title alone says that they're taking it more serious you know so i mean (laughs) look uh i've been uh i'm a champion for slayer but have you ever actually read the lyrics of a slayer song they're like so edgelord, fifteen-year-old, right. you know, carving it into his desk, super corny, and that's satanic. So I mean, and I like it. So I mean, because yeah, same could be said for right about Jesus. This is what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> like I think it's going to come down because there's like a level of cheesiness that's inherent with this yeah. genre of music. Period. Right. Just in general. Yeah. Like. It comes down to production. Like, do I just want to like fucking roll my windows down? <laughs> like, do I wish I had a Jeep and would just could just like blast this as I'm driving down the highway? Or you know, is it just gonna be so bad? <laughs> like, if if they do if they do more than one ballad, it's probably gonna be a flop for me. <laughs> you're, like, you're, if it's not all just like you're sort of adjusting just, your initial. I think Premise. so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just—it's just, I know. just I one of those things, though, because I haven't heard it. You know, like we hear yeah, so exactly. much garbage exactly. anyway, like stuff that people ironically listen to hair metal. Like, there's right. probably teenagers out there who know who Poison is more than right. they know who Striper is or Motley Crue. Like, good lord, does anyone even like legitimately like Motley Crue? <laughs> you like them because besides Motley Crue, right. right? You like them because they're bad. So you right. you hear, you know kickstart my heart or girls 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 we don't hear stripes on my heart rips that's true great that's song very true but it's a great song because how corny and over the top and <laughs> cheesy it is right it's like yeah it's like watching a michael bay movie yeah it's just like like you know what you're getting into right. metal is the michael bay like, movie of music yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yes, That's, yes, yeah. that is everything for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, TJ, what do you think, man? Yeah, I've been, I've been. Uh, staying pretty mum back here but i know well i'm just really curious because you're like the more like heady intellectual sensible of of (laughs) of of the of the the group of us and so like i i just i i don't know i'm just i'm very curious like i don't see you connecting with this type of music anyway um, well, so I'm just I'm just kind of curious how I you feel about it going into it. where you are, a hair metal <laughs> fan. super into striper. Well, yes. <laughs> or just a hair metal fan in general. I'll just say T from the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A very a variant who yeah. likes Christian yeah. metal. Like I believe JT is a pretty big striper fan. You guys, I'll need to talk to him about it. 
Well, not that you, not that y'all asked, but when we were trying to kind of talk about what was happening around this time when this album came out, um, I've got a lot of nostalgia around this album. I've got a lot of nostalgia around Striper. I've got deep, deep ties to this band. And the biggest memory, this will tell you a lot about... You picked it up in 1986 when it came out. That's right. I was negative yeah. two years old. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest, uh, you know, just blast of nostalgia, the biggest memory that I that I had of this band and, and this album was about 20 minutes ago when I pulled up the image of X-Men First Class and saw that the cast, uh, the little suits that they're wearing look exactly like the outfits that Striper's wearing in a photo shoot that they did, where they both kind of look like they're trying to play human versions of bees or like yellow jackets. <laughs> so that was a really like heartwarming memory of mine. And uh, I'm just sad that y'all didn't ask about it, but this album is going to flop yeah. hard. You think it's going to flop? It's okay. going to flop All hard. right. Because I'll, that was I, that was a little bit of a bit, but I'll weigh, <laughs> I'll weigh in. I'll weigh in seriously. I I think that there for me a lot of this this type of music is associated with like all the kids that beat me up in middle school <laughs> and right. and earlier and like and their dads and how scary they all were just like white male rage and <laughs> even though they're singing about like sending the devil to hell that's great guys but like i'm not on board with the <laughs> the associations that come from that come up for me with this type of music so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like step outside of that and you know try to appreciate like you said the ripping guitar kylan or the production i might be able to get down with like this idea of cruising in a jeep wrangler with like just some hair metal going <laughs> Yeah, no I can enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. So we're going to take a break uh, for the listeners. Just going to be a couple minutes. You'll hear an ad for us here. It's going to be a week. But we're going to take some time and listen to the 1986 album To Hell With The Devil by Striper. With the devil! And let you know <laughs> if <laughs> it's going to be a flop or a bop. We will see you or we will talk at you very soon on church james now church james now welcome back to church james now everybody i hope you had a lovely ad break we had a lovely <laughs> three week break two week break from when we all a minute. last spoke. And of course, it is the three of us guys and Aaron Cooper from Crush Monocle Podcast and Bearded Gentleman and 53rd and 3rd. <laughs> and joining us so this time is our lovely stuffed badger, Badgie. Uh, so welcome back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that thing. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Oh, man, I, I can't compete with Badgie. Can that be our new no. mascot? Well, if it didn't have to stay at this lake house, then maybe. But it is terrifying. My daughter loves it for some <laughs> inexplicable reason. I'm pretty sure it's haunted, but I do think that that's the appropriate energy. It probably comes alive at night album. and like roams the ground. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, all right. 
do we want to just like jump right into it or are we going to avoid it for a while? I don't know how everyone's feeling about this album. <laughs> I want to, I need to get like a vibe I, check from the room. <laughs> I don't think I can jump into this soon enough. Okay. <laughs> I wish we would have done this for the first episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I know, I know Coop tweeted at me like last week, like no spoilers, but I have thoughts. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> me too. Me I can't wait to can't wait. Yeah. Coop. I think, I think it's like ripping a bandaid off. I think we just go for it. Yeah. Just Let's do it, it. Y'all. I got my glass of white wine in my fancy lake house with my <laughs> stuffed badger. Let's listen to some striper. There's never been a better time to listen to striper than right now. For you. <laughs> That's true. Wait, uh, my, oh, I'm drinking ice mountain water. No shout outs, but I'm not sure if it's holy water. Oh, mm. <laughs> it will be as we listen to this record. It will be ah, holy water. Holy yes. water. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Track number one is abyss parentheses to hell with the devil. Really leaning into the to hell of the devil thing. Oh no! Someone called John Carpenter. <laughs> but it's not even as like it's not as good as John Carpenter. It's like no, I feel like it's as spooky as they could get away with in 1986 sure. without it being like too terrifying to all the conservative Christians. I think the I think what they're trying to do here is I think they're just trying to copy the 1984 intro from Van Halen's 1984 album. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, thunder! I liked the thunder. Thunderclap. <laughs> just one singular thunderclap. Thund- is there thunder in hell? Effort. Yes, of course. Like, is that supposed to be thunder? Oh, do they have weather there? <laughs> of course they. Okay. All right. So we're getting right into it. Right into the deep theological <laughs> questions of to hell with the devil. Is there weather is there in, hell? in hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, according to Slayer, it rains blood. Oh. Yeah. Yes, so. Yeah. And all thunderclaps are made by really bad 80s synthesizers. Right. I love it. All of them. That's what makes them so hellish. Yes. Right. Exactly. It's its own private hell. Yes. <laughs> Very well, specific. I think that's all we got for track one. That was like, you know, just like a short little intro. It, although it felt too long, right? Oh, yeah. It could have been like 45 seconds. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, when it does, when, on the Van Halen record, when they do that, as soon as you're sick of hearing it, it jumps right into jump. So you're like, oh, okay. Perfect. And this one, <laughs> as soon as you're sick of hearing it, it's got another minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's do track two To Hell with the Devil. Okay, so for what's ostensibly like the first track of the album, it's such a good start, I thought. The har- the harmonized guitars. They don't waste any time getting to the harmonized guitars. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm here for those guitars. I wrote that too. I did write, boy, was that drummer phoning it in. And not to spoil the rest of it, but I have a lot of notes about the drummer of Striper. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, the, the drum machine. The drum machine of Striper. <laughs> oh, I think he'd be very insulted by that. But I have a theory as a response to your thoughts about the drummer, Kylan. All right. But I'll save that for later. Okay. To remind everyone, he's also the little brother. I think he's actually the older brother of the singer of the band. Yes, he is. 
Maybe he's not getting graded on the same scale as the rest of the band because he's his brother. <laughs> he is not. Boy, let me tell you, he is not. A little nepotism. Yeah. yeah I, I also felt like the tempo on this one, I actually thought it wasn't the best That's choice what, for an opener, personally. I, I wrote, I wish, I wish this was sped up. The chorus is like, yeah, yeah, It exactly. was sped up the like, like chorus. 10 BPM. Yeah, the anthemic chorus is right for this BPM, or rather, this BPM is right for the anthemic chorus, but the rest of the song feels draggy and slow. But, you know, that's a brain of a millennial in 2022. No, that was that something for me. gets mad about 30-second commercials these days, so. No, that was a note I had for kind of just the overall album. I expected it to be a lot more up-tempo than it was. Right, okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone yep. on that. Uh, the note sound off. The note that I had is that the opening riff sounds like round and round from Rat. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and the the vocals remind me of like Ronnie James Dio. Yes, uh, very Holy Diver like. I, I love Holy Diver. I love Ronnie James Dio. I like the song from Rat. I it kind of <laughs> makes me want to listen to Rat instead of this, but <laughs> yeah, I still dig it. For I sure. I can't lie. This is kind of. You know, it's kind of the 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 hair metal aesthetic in like the For really sure. corny but sort of endearing way. Well, I Definitely. got to so we said in our first part like this music makes me want to like drive in a jeep with the windows down, like going down the highway <laughs> or a Trans Am. Uh, we were we were <laughs> yeah. in New Mexico. We were on a road trip uh, when I first got my like full listen of this. And it was like 70 degrees out in the middle of nowhere. And I rolled all the windows down and blasted this song. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I just like pumped my fist and my wife is just staring at me. My baby's crying. My dog doesn't know what to do. But I was feeling it. I was feeling this song. Dad of the year award right there. <laughs> yes. It's like, guys, I have to for my podcast. And they all understood, of course. <laughs> this is business. Just y'all. for that story alone, it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved I loved all of the harmonized guitars. I liked the little harmonized. I called it like a pre-solo. It was like kind of mm-hmm. before the real solo. Mm-hmm. They did like a little kind of harmonized part. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, I I, I think Coop's uh, Rat and Ronnie James Dio comparison is very apt. Spot on, yeah. Also, I just wanted to weigh in quickly. I'll try not to belabor this point for the rest of this volume, but these lyrics feel like something I would have written <laughs> in the fourth grade. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that's gonna that's gonna come up for me a lot too. Uh, I'm really I... sorry, Striper. Like, <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just trying to give an objective analysis well and this was probably pretty cutting edge for 1986 i'm sure that it was i don't know though like i I don't know i I don't agree with that at least shock value wise i think well oh yeah because go ahead coop no no i'll say i think uh i agree with the fourth grade thing but really all of the lyrics in hair metal this sounds like a fourth grader wrote them. That's so. very true. <laughs> but instead wow. of like yeah. boobs and it's drugs, a, it's like... No, that's a good contextualization. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, Coop's <laughs> killing it with the context already. <laughs> yeah. Bringing it, man. I also want to ask, this can get cut out, but is that the Lego strat behind you? 
Uh, yes, it is. I Heck have not yeah. built it yet, but nice. amazing. Heck yeah. That's so good. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I just my no, that's, my son that's, we got to keep that in because day. usually when we're not into albums, we go off on wild tangents. So we'll see <laughs> how Legos we're on track, the really track one. So we'll see how this uh, ends up. Let's move on to track number three. Are TJ's thumbs back for this episode? Oh yeah. TJ, are you rating thumbs? No, thumbs no are gone. Thumbs okay. All right. Uh, calling on you. I love the intro. It felt very like Van Halen-y, very kind of like a little like GNR kind of. But I asked, is yeah. this the exact same tempo as To Hell with the Devil? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and I said, it's the same this drum beat. would have been a better opening track because it's the same same tempo, same feel, but it's like brighter and I don't know. It hooks the ear a little more for me. So I would have rather this been swapped with To Hell with the Devil. But then you'd have to cut the intro, right? Because then you couldn't have like the really like minor intro and then a really bright major. You couldn't do abyss song. parentheses calling on you. That makes no it'd sense. Have to be like, it'd have to be like the prelude. <laughs> the before. concept would fall flat. You could like make it like the prelude to Tell with the Devil. Right. But no, I like the energy here too. This one feels like knockoff journey. <laughs> well, I said Boston. Boston vibes, which he yeah, was he was the lead singer of Boston for a while in the nineties. And it was probably based on this song. It was probably his audition song. It it reminds me, well, two things, the two notes that I have. I love that it's like the generic heavy metal gallop, but it's in a major key because most mm-hmm. metal's in a minor key, so that sounds super cool. Um, but it also kind of reminds me of like the early 2000s Sonic the Hedgehog games. <laughs> Dude, I wrote Sonic the Hedgehog on three different songs on this album. Yeah, and it's very. Uh, it's either that or like '80s anime intros. Yes, because like, well, and yes. I, yes, I said SWAT cats from the '90s, like very yeah, like I'll, '90s <laughs> cartoons, and yeah, yes, there's that. Like, like G Force or something, something uh-huh. like really super corny from. Yes. Yeah, like so maybe something like from the eighties, but it was backdated because everything like those old anime things are like For sure. ten years behind of everything else. So right. that's what it reminds me of, and that's cool. I like both of those things. <laughs> there you go. I wrote I wrote Man. two things. I wrote he's singing too pretty. I liked how he I liked his vocals more on To Hell with the Devil, the more Ronnie James Dio. He sounds very pretty on this song. And I also wrote it's hard to listen to this objectively. Because it sounds like exactly the kind of thing I'd hear in Vacation Bible School in 1996. <laughs> like, this was yeah. the vibe of VBS <laughs> in the late 90s. Oh, and I said, I'm calling there on you to a, please, uh, for the love of God, end this song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the lyrics, nice. some of the vocals, nice. they are they are pretty. But uh, the background vocals remind me of Queen, like 80s Queen. I, I said that too. Yeah. yeah. It, it was very reminiscent of Queen with the layered... Yeah, the background vocals like the '80s Queen though, when they were kind of chilling a little bit and trying to go more Uh rock. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a there's an anime. uh, It's the film, the movie uh, Fatal Fury, uh, and there's a song. I can't think of the guy who sings it, but the end credit song to that movie. I have to send it to you, uh, like one of you guys, like a link so you can hear it. But it's clearly from a ripoff of this. Oh, I love it! I love it. (laughs) Yeah, this okay. All their songs like just drag on a little too long 
Oh, like they're not long songs. The worst one. <laughs> oh, I know. We're, we'll the get there. One. Yeah, yeah, I think part of that is that they they tend to repeat sections more than maybe some of the albums that we're used to listening to. Mm. They tend to just straight up repeat sections over and over and over again. Yeah, that might be part of part of the genre. That might be like a style choice. I don't know. Mm. But I notice just a lot of repeats that I'm not used to picking up in a, in a song. I don't know. Yeah. This one does, though, they do in the last chorus throw in a different, uh, man, I hate to say it. It's a borrowed chord. I mentioned borrowed chord for those playing. There it is. Take CJ a drink. If you're playing the yeah. CJN drinking game, Josh yeah, brought up a borrowed chord. A borrowed chord. But they do, and that helps. It's a, provides a nice major lift to the song, and it instead of just repeating the chorus that was the first two choruses or whatever to where it would feel mm. extra draggy on having right. that that turnaround it's a the song's in d but it goes from a g to a c to the a major before it goes back into like d so the c is like a um seven it's like a major seven that functions did in you key, did you sit in your closet right. today trying to figure this out no i looked it up there's tabs <laughs> okay so. uh in, <laughs> i cheated to the point where the song's going um, overly long, I I would like to point out to the listener who doesn't listen to a lot of church music or Christian music that all Christian music uh, derives from worship. So there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of repeated choruses or verses because in church they might play the song for 15 minutes. For sure. I'm not sure if I've I've ever been or liked to go to a church that would play the song for 15 <laughs> minutes. But uh, I think that as Christians are doing Christian music, I think they kind of like subconsciously adapt it to that style. Hmm. For and sure. I think probably they're... like probably went into their songwriting like oh we got to play this you know this chorus at least 45 more times right like here's know, like here's like four <laughs> lines that we can just repeat over and over and yeah, over and over, over again and, right and, it's worship yeah yeah well i got nothing else on calling on you does, does anybody else <laughs> this is gonna be a fast episode Kylan, i'm calling <laughs> I'm on sorry. you to pick the next song please track number four is called free This one I felt very much like '90s cartoon theme song. Vibes. Yes. Okay. So I wrote <laughs> X-Men theme. That first little. Yes. Yes. It's 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 the same first like three or four notes. Uh huh. Different cadence, but like, it it sounds the same sonically. Like. I love it. I was I was just wanting to watch some X-Men. Did you ever play the X-Men uh, uh, Sega Genesis game? Yeah, that yeah. game was awesome. Uh, we weren't allowed <laughs> to play it at my house. Guys, ever played but... <laughs> the X Men Sega Genesis game? I hope so. Uh, you can tell I don't have a lot to say about this song. If I'm, I'm reaching, I'm grasping at straws to talk about the X Men video game. <laughs> no, but Kylan, like again, this is the third song in a row that's around the same five to ten BPM count, like same beat, same feel. Mm. It's. I wrote, it's uninspired. Are all their like, songs that tempo because he can't play faster? I think he can't play at all. He can't play <laughs> faster, but he can't really play. He sounds Shots like a fired. church. He sounds like a it church fired. drummer. He sounds like right. like I know all of us have experienced 
either going to church or playing in church with a very specific kind of church drummer. Mm. But, okay, as the guy that was usually the church drummer, (laughs) there was was also a lot of drama that got thrown your way, and you, a lot of times, had to just play the 4-4. That's right. For sure, for sure. Or, otherwise, everybody got pissed at you, and... You know, you got fired basically, and they found the other guy that played the bland four four B. It's always the drummer's fault, right? No matter what, it's always. always the drummer's fault. So, in his defense, like I'm wondering if maybe there was like drama in the band, and it was like he didn't want to get fired. <laughs> yeah, if he played too flashy, then the, the guitar solo wouldn't pop, or like. But the he vocal needed to play flashy because wouldn't... the guitar is the only thing that pops. <laughs> no, you're and right. The vocals pop I... too. The harmonies, the vocals, yeah, the yeah. I, true. There's one part like this is like a minor song, and there's one part where it kicks up into the major, and I think that is kind of cool. It's like an yes. accidental major. I mm-hmm. think we was talking about earlier with the borrowed chords. Um, other than that, it's it's very generic. I think there's like little glimmers of hope here and there. I know. I kind of like bits and pieces of it, but not enough for me to say like it's okay because this song is less than okay. Yeah, <laughs> correct, <laughs> and. And just to make the point that I was merely playing devil's advocate, but I think we've already established that. To hell with the devil, TJ. The we devil don't need his advocate either. To hell. That's right. Uh, oh, by the way, the solo is kind of cool in this song. The solo is great. I, I do. This guitarist, nice. the guitarist just like shreds on this record. Yeah. With hair metal, though, that's what you that's what you go to hair metal for. Is you, you can't be a hair metal band without chops. It's got to sure. be the good solo, and it's got to be the the handsome lead singer. And no one no one cares about bass. No one cares about drums. Obviously, this true. drummer doesn't even care about drums. This drummer does not <laughs> care about drums. He probably wanted to be. I mean, he was the brother, so he you know right. He's probably he, just he couldn't get fired. Him. Yeah, maybe he was trying to get fired. Maybe he was. <laughs> you know, listening to this whole record, I wouldn't doubt it. I have two drum notes. Okay, uh, two things to talk about with the drums. One, I love at 155 in the bridge. I always love whenever drummers and TJ, is this what it's called when you like hit like the bell of the ride cymbal? Where mm-hmm. you're not like, yep. you're not hitting with like the full stick, you're hitting with like the, the tip of the stick. And it's like tink, tink, mm-hmm. tink. Yeah. Like, right I love that it's just like, cymbal. yeah, yep. I love that it's like just the least like huge thing you could do to a cymbal <laughs> and when they go yes. to it. So I always think it's like funny. Um, it is very funny. But when you were talking about with the drums and them kind of like, there's a video when Striper made their comeback in like the mid 20, like around 2013, 2014, I think they did a music video where they're like playing in the desert as the sun's going down. But they, I, apparently, I guess they ran out of time when they were shooting <laughs> that whenever they went to film the drummers parts. Oh, they did. They were losing daylight, so they didn't have time to like set up the drums. So literally, like in the music video, he's just like around his drums. Like everyone else is like playing their solo parts and like rocking out in their single shots, and he's just kind of like setting stuff up or like hitting like one thing at a time. And like honestly, maybe that's just like maybe that's on par for his drumming. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that kind of the striper drummer vibe. Yes, that's it. I'll have to, Thank you, I'll have to oh, to find I'm that so video, glad you shared that with that's us. That's a real thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor I, guy. He's I just know. like, man, I wish I could play those drums, but I guess I'll just stand next to him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the, I've never had... Okay, so we did our Switchfoot episode. That's where we sort of brought up, because normally I talk about sweet, sweet bass. 
So I started talking about tight snare rolls. This is the first album in which the drums actively pissed me off. <laughs> I was actively angry listening to this record and listening because the drums are so heavy in the mix. It's that sort of classic hair metal of like you have the kick and you have the ride and you have the snare are all so big and it's so bad. It's so bad. It just actively made me angry listening to this. So let's move on to track number five. Honestly. (laughs) Kylan, honestly, what the hell? I honestly can't believe this is their second most popular song. (laughs) Is what? It? Oh, it is. How? I don't know. I can. It's got a very specific worship vibe. I actually got like PTSD listening to this song because it's a very okay, specific like Southern Baptist altar call kind yes, of song. Which why is that on this record? That's my question. Because it got plays, man. You're right. It got plays. Like you nailed it. But why is it on an 80s hair metal record it okay make it make sense help me it sounds like star search um it sounds like something you'd hear like a kid sing on star search you know like it's very saccharine right okay very sure um he's doing like this dennis de young type of voice thing Mm -hmm. Um, his voice sounds really feminine when he sings softly right (laughs) i hate i just seriously like he was just talking about how the drums made you angry it makes me angry that this song exists. Yeah. Because well, it's so there's no redeeming qualities at all. I mean, I don't like uh-uh. anything about it. I hate the production, I hate the way it sounds, I hate the way it makes me feel. The lyrics suck. There's nothing good about I mean, that's I don't believe it. You know, that's right. the thing yes. right. to Christian music. There could be terrible Christian music. I have heard some terrible Christian music. That's what your podcast is about. Welcome to Church Jams but, Now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but the thing about it is you can make something be terrible but come from an honest place. Yeah, sure. I don't feel that at all. This sounds like, oh, we quick, we need to have a slow song really quick. Let's whip this right. up. We, You know, this, this is good enough. I don't believe a word that he's saying and that's the most vital part of any kind of music much less christian music yeah and well, this is just 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 makes me angry for sure can i tell I you guys it. the the coping mechanism <laughs> that i used to get through this song was Please. was after listening to to hell of the devil and calling on you and free and listening to the guitarist just fucking shred I just imagined the very specific like 80s like mega church stage with like the the low pile carpeting and the guitarist nah. in full regalia just having to like strum chords and looking really sad. <laughs> yeah. Like, the lights are low. And, like the spotlight's yeah. still on him though. Like the spotlight I forgot to move it. And he's <laughs> and just so ready he's and he keeps trying to like do a solo and then the lead singer just like keeps shaking his head really fast. And he's just the like pastor's oh, off oh, to the side oh, shaking his switch. head too. Like no. And he wore his pretty flowy shirt too. 
just for that it's solo black and yellow that he never just like gets. skin tight pants and just like like with the giant cod piece like spinal tap but he's just has to like oh yeah like clean with like a little bit of chorus on his, his guitar just chords. like play <laughs> he rehearsed he actually practiced walking out from his normal spot to like where the singer is you know but they won't let him do it so he's right. just heartbroken okay. so does and he this looks help over at the drummer and the drummer just shrugs yeah like, right this no, 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 no. The drummer is in his groove. This is this is his groove. <laughs> this is his oh, fucking jam. He just has to play that's why like, this song real soft. <laughs> that's why this song sucks, because it's for the drummer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, this song is not for the drummer. I'm going to disagree. No, like, specifically the drummer of Striper. Nah. This is his speed. Right. Okay. Sure. 100%. That guy? Yeah, this, why not? He can handle this. This is in his wheelhouse. That can be his song. That's fine. So I hope Good that, that I hope that helps the listeners and you guys maybe be able to get through this song. It's just imagining yeah, that, that scenario good. in your head. This very sad, like, droopy dog-looking 80s metal guitarist having to play this song. I just think mm-hmm. of Ed McMahon saying, three, three-quarter stars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. Okay, let's move on to track number six, The Way. I'm so glad that we're the halfway done with this album. I think this song was the only one that was written by the lead guitarist. That makes yeah, sense. That's mm. the whole reason why it sounds like Crazy Train. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Dude, you are bringing it with the references here. This is, this is some quality content. I did write, it showcases some some really good, like, soaring 80s vocals. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I enjoyed the, the sort of the leaning into the style on yeah. this song. Maybe too much, though? Because the oh, yeah. vocals, okay, the vibrato on this song it's so much is it it's got to be an effect right like they have a vibrato effect on them because there's no way he has that much natural vibrato in his voice i think that's his voice man no way i I that people can do it he's singing in front of the fan that's making his hair (laughs) yeah there you go (laughs) got a box fan in the studio (laughs) that's what we're hearing we're hearing the box fan. yeah i uh I want to just inject this really quick, just to get it out of the way. I freaking love this song. Uh, right on. I love how I love everything about. It. I like the the generic, stereotypical heavy metal gallop. Uh, right. I well, this is where the, the drummer failed for me though too, because that guitar is bringing it that. You gotta understand. You gotta understand. This is the guitarist song. So he's like, look, everybody, chill for five minutes. This is my freaking song. No one takes this from me. This is me. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I, I like. I, I think the lyrics are well written. I think the songs are well written. The performance is super cheesy, but like, um, like Josh was saying, he like really leans into it. Uh, so I, I, I love this one. I think it's probably one of my favorite. Not, I don't think it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. It's one of your favorite. Mm. I, I, I like this one a lot too. All my notes, though, I'm, I'm not gonna read all my notes because I'm just shitting on the drummer more. I was so mad at the drummer <laughs> on this song because I really like this song too, and I don't know what it was about maybe the headspace that I've been in, but the drums really made me mad on this song because it could have been like so much better. I love the solo. I love the weird 
the first three notes of that solo? Yes, those first. They're so that, weird. I don't even know what they are. That like, is it's how you that's make that sound. That's an arpeggiator. Uh, an arpeggiator uh, was a thing in the eighties. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what effect. that is. Yeah, and how you how that happens is uh, you play a note, and then the the effect will go down the scale that you set it to. Right, uh, it'll kind of go in and out, in, in and it out of stereo. Set real yeah. fast to a real fast rate. Right, but they just set it super, super quick, and he just clicked it on, played the notes, and clicked it off. It's so you perfect. don't even know what it is, you know. Very Tom Morello, probably before yeah. Tom Morello was probably right. like ten years old. Yeah, this, you know? yeah. <laughs> before he got his whammy pedal and was like, "I'll do it with my foot." No, I do have the vibrato. The super vibrato vocals are the only like negative I have on the song, but I do have a lot that I really liked musically for this one like that was like now this is the kind of energy and tempo i was expecting for this yeah he holds that last rock for 10 seconds and goes <laughs> higher with and goes out. Yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah. and then the wow. panning like, at the end of the solo is like where it's like left right left right like i love stuff like that so like musically yeah. this one was solid and was what also I, was for. I loved the lyric rocking for the one who is the rock I, that's just like that's so in line with like this is what i yes josh you're totally right like this is what i was kind of expecting more of the record to be i do wish more of the record was this sort of like because it's a little more upbeat than like the first three songs uh i'm gonna another thing i'll say is uh track placement they put this song because uh, it's the guitar song they put it right after the weak first ballad so yep. I think anything would have sounded intense, but being that this song kind of kicked it up a nickel anyway, it, right, it right. automatically by association kicked it up a couple nickels. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this was the, I'm sure the opener for side B on the LP and the cassette. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, they so had they to had come to, out strong. Yeah. It was, so it was justifiable to listen to the rest of the album. Right? Yeah. I did. I did like the second half more than the first half. This is this second episode in which this has happened um, Man, what is happening to you i don't know dude <laughs> i'm just in a, i'm in texas right now i'm in a weird headspace uh <laughs> let's move on to track number seven sing along song i'm gonna get this out of the way this with the exception of one moment, is my favorite song on the record. Oh, really? I think yes. I know the moment. Do you? Hey, tell me. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. Uh, we'll get to the moment. Um, <laughs> this is way cooler than I expected, given the song title. It's a terrible song title, right? Like you hear "Sing Along" song, and then that synth bass comes in, like as the intro. They needed more of that on the record. Yes. That, in, yeah. that bass intro, that bass intro is a direct lift from Why Can't This Be Love from Van Halen 5150 <laughs> record. Oh wow. Philip, you are on fire right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it. almost like music criticism in comparison is like your job or something. You know, it's almost like oh. you do this. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you pull up uh, Why Can't This Be Love, it's the same friggin' bass intro. Sweet. Right. Um like, Note for note. I wrote, yep. this is like a heavy metal Smurfs song. Like, it feels <laughs> like heavy metal Smurfs. Like a song the Smurfs would all sing, but then, like, this is like the, heavy metal. The hard rock trolls sing. Yes. In, the, in that second movie. Okay, Josh, I've got a music theory question for you. Do you know what that jazzy chord is that the harmony vocals do? Da da. Is it like a seventh chord that of some vocals kind? do? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say 
statistically it's probably a seventh uh, chord if i had to guess yeah right? i think that's but a seventh chord it's just so like jazzy and weird and and that descending melody at the end feels more pop leaning or even like r&b light singer songwriter as I, far as the melody writing i think that's because and i was so yeah. confused it's like the, it's the lydian scale because it jumps back from the major to the major before it and mm, i think a lot okay. of uh, a lot of hair ba- hair bands did that when they wanted to make like that real weird dreamy type type of vibe yeah that's yeah, so that's what it does it's sense. confusing because it sounds major but it also has all right. the vibes of minor but it's not sad well and in especially in the context of like what i know about striper it just like felt kind of jarring not not like bad necessarily but it was just like such a shift from all of the melodic ideas in this <laughs> album i so think far. everything about this song just threw me off i think yeah. that's why i liked song. it so much like i think i was just like yeah. oh it none of this you. is what i expected i like the queen backup vocals i'm glad that they come back but i think mm-hmm. the the metal the metal parts of this parentheses kind of makes it sound too much like christian music in the in the way that i don't want it mm. like they're making this i mean i can't sing along with this so they're really asking a lot of me anyway right so um yeah i don't like i think this should have been a ballad i think mm. like the metal the metal elements what i love about every other song but the metal element to this vibe i think sounds automatically dated and very very christian rock in the bad way i get that yeah definitely okay guys are you ready are you ready to talk about not only my least okay for being probably my favorite song on the record has my absolute least favorite moment and we're gonna have to like play this back for the actual podcast but this was the moment okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play it a little bit louder for you guys in your ears and um, I need a high five from you right now because I called it. And okay. this is also my yeah. least favorite moment on the whole record. <laughs> okay. So at first I was like, it's so I was bad. like, hell yeah. Drum and vocal chorus only. And then right yes, here, this drum great. fill. Jesus fuck. What was that drum <laughs> fill? So clumsy. What was so that? Clumsy. He, this was, he fell this on was the, the drums. Moment. This is what happened. <laughs> Where it all Trip clarified for me that he was like a church drummer. And I was just like, how the fucking fuck did this drum film make it on this record? In the moment that is ostensibly like the drummer's moment. It is like he done the anything there. just it's vocal the and climax. drums. And he just... <laughs> Shit all over Biffs it. it. <laughs> <laughs> he choked, man. That's a like lot of pressure. Hard. It's, the, it's the one. Se- it's the one second of the entire album he gets to shine, and like he just <laughs> and he did that. Char- kind of Charlie Brown kicks that. the football. Why did you know? he do that? <laughs> he did. But listen, but listen. Here's my question: Are we more mad at the drummer, or are we more mad at the mixing engineer? Yeah, definitely. The I think the mixing engineer <laughs> knew was in on the joke and was like, "I'm gonna put this way up." If so, he probably got the drummer probably was acting like a diva, and was like, "This is my big drum day." And then the engineer was like, "No, you got it. You got it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Let's move on. 
we'll fix it in post and they never did fix it in post <laughs> exactly see that's my that's my thing is like is the mixing engineer actually a guitar head and he like either you're right he saw it for what it was as a joke and he was like this is hilarious it's going in or he's so rhythmically challenged that not even the mixing engineer heard the like blasphemous drum fill that this was he didn't notice and it got through a at that point i'm drum pissed fill. i love that i That's think right i personally badgy think... could do a better drum fill than that and he's a <laughs> he stuff badger from the 1800s <laughs> Look, Badgie don't could do it. don't take uh, Badgie's name in vain like that. <laughs> no, I think okay. So this album come out what eighty six? Eighty six, yeah, eighty six. Oh, eighty six. Okay, so a big popular thing was to do that real weird, sketchy kind of that was like edgy back then to do the stuff that didn't. Really I get make what sense. he was going for. I get okay, that it's like a little kind of jazz inspired, but sure. I I think they was going for uh, though like. If you listen to like a lot of dance music or hip hop from that era, mm, totally. there's always like those spots that goes like super weird at a time, but it's like yes, you know. So it's absolutely I, the engineer or producer, whoever was in charge, was probably like so tone deaf culturally, not tone deaf musically, that he's probably oh, like, maybe no, 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 I like maybe it. It sounds, sounds weird, you know. Like <laughs> this was like a 45 year old in 1986, right? You know, oh, let's leave that in there. That sounds like all that. All that, 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 that hip hop stuff, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it wow. just made whatever me the reason incredibly mad. But the rest of the song it, was so it good; it was nuts. happy heavy metal Smurfs, and so it just... okay, Kylan, that kind of surprises me though, because once they start on just like the woes la las at two twenty six, there's still almost two minutes left in the song, and uh-huh. I'm like, doing the same thing, and like that. That was tough for me because I was like, do they just yep. like this would be a great thing that you draw it out live because people are there singing it back to you. But I'm like, do they really think people are just going to be like sitting in their cars with this cassette just like singing la 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 for like two <laughs> minutes, like just by themselves as they're driving around? Well, they thought like, right with live. me, brother. <laughs> hey, I'm glad it worked for you. Then. <laughs> it's church music when they're playing this at the second yeah. set of church before it's over, before the service is over. The lights are down. People's got their hands up, yes. eyes closed. They're all swaying back. This and is post offering. Everyone's live, already given the offering. Makes sense. Yeah. No live right. where you're playing at a concert or playing it in church. That makes sense to extend the outro, but to record it, yeah, the woes for that yeah. long. I was I was so done. Yes. I was like, all right, I get it. Let's after that like disgusting drum fill. <laughs> that I drum fill like, did just be, throw let's me be done. Off. We're done here. It, it wasn't a drum fill. The drummer stood up and he tripped over the, the kit, and that's that's. What I mean, I said, keep dude, it, keep it, it, it might as Got well energy. have been. I mean, just like <laughs> like it's so bad. Like, I get exactly, like, I get what he was going for. But the thing is, he did not succeed. (laughs) He did not succeed at it. He failed miserably. And it's it's only kick and snare, too, right? He doesn't even. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's so simple. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Is that even a real kit? See, that could be a drum machine. And you can't do drum fills in real time. Highly possible you know so he's just like but the drum machine because this is 1986 so he's just like pressing a bunch of buttons here just randomly press these okay drum fill you know he made me so mad so mad i gotta (laughs) move on i gotta move on here's track number eight holding on (laughs) 
I wrote, this is the exact same tempo as every other goddamn song on this record. I'm barely holding on to my sanity at this point. Also, also, totally agree. Also, this chord progression, was that was this chord progression not just the most obvious and stale choice at the time that this song was written? The the intro, like, the intro, I'm going to hit you at a deep cut. Yeah. Uh, it's the same exact Please chord, do. same exact riff as Humble Pie's Fool for a Pretty Face. Right. That's so like, good. And 10 other songs of the time. Oh, yeah. Probably. That song probably come out 10 years before this one. Right. So it is already yeah. exhausted by the time I they did it. I must be a fool for a pretty face because this is my favorite song on the record. I like is this it Really? It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Defend it. Tell us why. I think it's fun. It's, I mean, it feels a little faster. I understand that it's the same BPM ballpark that we've been in this whole time. But I think the chorus is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how you have like the call and response vocals, like holding on, holding on. Like I like that part a lot. This felt so. very Boston okay. to me too. Yes, in yes, general. Like, yeah, it was between this and another song for me, but I think this one edged it out as my favorite. I agree with Josh. I think. Sorry if I'm talking over you guys again. Um, I I like this song because it doesn't sound like the '80s. It sounds like the '70s. It kind of reminds me of like mm. the sweet. You know, if yeah. you guys listen to those, yeah. that's what it's kind of like the glam. It's the glam part of hair metal that got the, Mike, the Michael Sweet. Yeah, yeah. This band? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. No, I'm yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, the Sweet <laughs> is actually a good band. Uh, no, um, I think it's uh, hair metal come from glam from the 70s, but it got right. lost really, really quick when Van Halen and Motley Crue came out. Uh, so this is kind of like a callback to that. And uh, I agree with Josh. I think the song's upbeat. It's it's a lot of fun. It's cheesy, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I liked it fine. Um, there were a few moments that like poked out vocally that I was just like, <laughs> is it is he pitchy or is it just like he chose a weird note to land on? Because where the where those call and response vocals come in, they almost like clashed with his vocal. Um, and maybe that was like to stick with the metal vibe of like it's a live band some vibe. tension. It's probably mm-hmm. the right. less con- contrived of all of these songs. They, they actually sound like a real band on this song. I think. Right. Yeah. That could be it. The guitar solo is so man. good. Though. Sick. It's so yeah. good. The solos are all so good, man. Nope. I don't have a lot of notes on the song other than I liked it. Cool. Yeah. I like it too. I, I, this whole. Uh, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything else, but. This, the second half of this record's way better than the first. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's move on to track number nine, Rockin' the World. Love the guitar tone. Is this kind of like a Metallica intro? Metallica. Like a, there's like a little Master like, Puppets kind of thing. Maybe like, like Pantera kind yeah. of. Is oh kind of yeah, so there's some Pantera. Yeah, like yeah, that guitar tone felt very Pantera to me. You're right. Uh, I love this one. I uh-huh. think this is unalterated '80s rock and roll. Like count me in. Yep. Like it's like I like the punk. It's probably the closest to thrash that they get because it's fast. Uh-huh. I don't mm. know about the BPMs or any of that, but uh, the guitars like 
double time the last track was. So no. right. This well, is Christian Thrash. About as close as we're gonna get. <laughs> I wrote I guess I was writing my notes in real time I said sweet snare roll where has this been like best drumming on there the record go. which is arguably a low bar and then I said oh no here's the most boring quarter note tom fill of all time I don't he did this tom fill that's just like literally his quarter notes just do 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 and I'm like what what are you doing why are you in this band get the fuck out of this band and let someone that can play drums Play the drums on this record. <laughs> Let the bass player play drums. Yes, he would do so much better. <laughs> well, and Coop, it's interesting that you were talking about like the guitars are doing all those gallops and stuff, and maybe like they're having to like play fast to like try to just bring the overall the feel of the song up yeah, because energy, the yeah. drummer isn't doing that with the tempo. Yeah. So maybe they're yeah. just like overcompensating on the guitar for it. Yeah, and he's got that that ring on the drums too, you know, yeah, like the, the bell. bell. I, I'm here. I mean, it. maybe I'm a little upset. Okay. Okay. Full disclosure. Maybe I'm a little upset because this band kind of reminds me, Josh of Del Sur, the Southern metal band that we started where I played drums and I had never played drums in a band before. And you were my bassist and you decided, you know, you wrote the songs and played rhythm guitar at, we were all not great, but our guitarist could absolutely shred. He was like Stevie Ray Vaughan. And the rest of us were not great. So maybe I'm like, maybe, maybe there's some residual <laughs> bitterness. Maybe that's why I'm harping on the drummer so much, because the guitarist feels like head and shoulders above the talent level of everybody else in this band. <laughs> So I'll admit that I, I can admit that I'm, I will be the bigger man and and admit that, and that maybe makes you the drummer bitterness. in that scenario too. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think that's why yourself. I'm so hard on the drummer. Because this was me. <laughs> I don't like how they drop the music out and do the drums and vocals thing again. I think that's yeah. kind of played out by like ninth or tenth track, whatever this is. For yeah, sure, that's true. I mean, the drums are kind of okay. Well, that's that what I said. Though. At least he's playing faster, this is you know. The best drumming on the record, which is arguably a very yeah. low bar. Yeah. It sounds like a real kit. At least. It does. That solo rips I, too. Oh, the solo, man. Solo is great. So my my biggest note about this song was like, if you listen to the lyrics, this one feels the most like a sort of manifesto or the most sort of in response to other metal at the time of like, you guys talk about drugs and, and booze and women, and we're going to talk about Jesus. And he has the line that this is rock that lifts you up. It doesn't bring you down. But to me, Stand for it. that feels like, here's what I wrote. It feels like going to a party with a 12-pack of Diet Pepsi when everyone else is high on cocaine. <laughs> yep. Right? Yeah, like, it's, it's just uh, like, yeah. oh, don't listen to... Sammy Hagar. Yeah, like, don't, don't listen to all these other songs. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood, you know. Like, this is rock that lifts you up. Here's my Diet Pepsi, guys. We can get buzzed on yeah. soda. And Jesus. Yes. I can still drive home after this, too. There's a there's a quote in, I think it was in, 90, in 87 or 88, where David Lee Roth was asked about Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. And he says that uh, his music makes you want to drink whiskey 
and Sammy Hagar makes you want to drink milk. <laughs> and he's like, he's he's a he's an okay. The band's really good, but the singer isn't. It's about like having a, a gorgeous girlfriend with rotten teeth. Oh no, <laughs> brutal. Oh man. So that's it. that's kind of that's what that reminds me of because like, yes, there's always that one element in every song that ruins it for the rest. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Like, and most of the time, it's the drums. <laughs> This time it was for me. It was well, the, the I, lyrics, man. It was like it, it was the yeah. vibe that they were going for lyrically. Right. It felt very like say yeah. no to drugs, people. Yeah, it's yeah. It was okay for the the drums to ruin every other song, but the drums were actually good here. So they <laughs> yeah, I know that's really, why really I, that's song. why I was so upset. You know? It's like the drums were actually good. You gotta ruin it with these yeah. stupid lyrics. And like, to your diet Pepsi point, Kylan is like the the that verse yes, about not not even full blown world. Pepsi. If you want to rock the world, come along with me. Spread the news to every boy and girl. I said that too. Like, stop spreading news to boys and girls, grown man. Yeah. Stop spreading news to boys and girls. Where is that appropriate? (laughs) Like, that doesn't make any sense on any level. I wrote this song felt like so you're at youth camp and the worship band has run out of ideas for like an opening sketch to get all the kids hyped up. On Thursday night, right? Thursday like they're, night. they're exhausted. Yeah. They've yep. got their like their programming figured out for Friday for the big send off because that was important. But they didn't figure out Thursday night. They run out of ideas, and they were like, "Well, what if we do like '80s metal or something?" <laughs> and they stayed up all night writing this song, and then they were just like so proud of it, and it drove the kids nuts. And that's why there's the line, spread the news to every boy and girl. Because they literally were the worship band at youth camp. Yes. Yeah. That, that, it just fits. That makes sense to me. You can't say spread the news to boys and girls unironically. It has right. to be sarcasm. There's no sarcasm in this. The thing is, <laughs> he, he didn't... Well, it, it would make a little more sense to genuine. me if they, if they rhymed it with something around the world or something but they didn't they didn't yeah, rhyme it with anything they right even they just that. said spread the news to every boy and girl and i don't want it that from any kind of metal band rhyme scheme <laughs> i would have said spread the news to the underworld there's so oh, many better choices so stick with the theme of <laughs> yes exactly That's like number one they they gave they, up on the theme a long time full ago. circle uh, Coop, why didn't you write the lyrics to this album, man? <laughs> well, because I go back in I, time. I, I'm actually older than four. <laughs> That's the best. Dude, you could have done a great job in 1986. You could have written comparable <laughs> lyrics to this record. I agree with that. That's yeah. that setting the bar very, very low. <laughs> we didn't set the bar. Striper set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I did have oh, a God. point of talking about, okay, so the lyrics, because this album was huge where it went platinum and it was getting played on like MTV and they were getting on like big tours and stuff like that. And I thought it was like interesting how the argument of lyrics aren't very important kind of goes both ways or whatever. Cause like we grew up in where you're like, you couldn't listen to like, mainstream stuff because you're like oh the lyrics are bad but a lot of times you're like i just like the song or the music the music to it but Mm. like people non-christian people getting into striper i think perfectly proves that point that they're like well i just like the music i don't care that he's singing rock in the world for jesus and like boys and like spreading the news (laughs) to the boys and girls like they they obviously didn't care about that they obviously didn't care they just like the music so i'm like 
it was interesting that that was like that was seen as like a win for like Christianity. Like, oh yeah, we got people listening to this, but I was like, they didn't care about the lyrics; they just liked the music. But right. it it didn't go. That that wasn't a two way street when it came to like listening to non Christian music. Right, yeah. exactly. Just like the music. That's that's yeah. unheard of. I mean, like even nowadays when there's that one Christian song that'll break into mainstream or whatever, it's always like a really weak song anyway, and just sounds like watered down contemporary. Mm-hmm. But uh, I agree a thousand percent with you on that, Josh, because this song sounds like a cool rock song that kids in 1986 would have rocked out to. And obviously they did and didn't really care all what the boys the and girls were because it, were... <laughs> all the boys and girls, it just checked all the boxes. They were all rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking their diet that's a good Pepsi. Point, though. That's, yeah, uh, that, that is a good point. That rarely ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's more thoughtful than people were thinking about like oh well, maybe i can like the music of secular music because you could yeah, think that in the 80s that's and true 90s. yeah i uh it's funny so today i i, I did another listen uh, of this record to like solidify all my notes and i was talking to my father-in-law and i was like do you ever listen to striper back in the day and he was like oh yeah i listen to striper i was like so here's the no premise way. of my podcast blah blah blah, blah. so do you think anyone has ever like critically listened track by track to a striper record? And he just started laughing and walked off. He's like, no, <laughs> it's like, so we kind of did it to ourselves. Um, but you know, I'm having a good time until yeah. we get to track number 10. All of me. I wrote, no, don't do this to me again. Don't do another ballad. All of me hated all of this song. It's This song is clearly by contract. Like, oh, your record deal? Like, oh, we're going to get you all your money, but you have to have yes. at least two ballads. Yes. And they panicked, pulled this together in the studio. It's. I think I've probably heard this in church before. For, you well, definitely no. Have. I would Here, say here's where this I think... is aimed straight at the wedding audience. Yeah, like, oh, this, is, oh, yeah. Totally. this is made 100 yep. percent for weddings. Yeah, that makes more sense. I wrote this is totally a montage song from like a Ralph Bakshi like animated film, like like Secret of Nim or The Last Unicorn or something like. This oh, is totally God. one of those like 80s kids movies that are like actually yeah, incredibly John Bluth or something. Terrifying, yes, the like a Don Blue thing that's like actually traumatic to kids, but this is like a montage song from like Five Goes West or something, you know? Like, <laughs> what's what's his voice doing in the song? It <laughs> like it sounds super feminine. I didn't like know it was him, right? Of his I, I wasn't sure that it was or him. Like stomach. He's using like his neck. That's it. It sounds I mean, like Olivia yes. Newton John. Yeah. It's very pretty. It is. Yes. <laughs> it's like, well, so I started going down a rabbit hole on this because I, I looked up the liner notes on Discogs because I was like, is that actually got to be a lady singing the lead singer? But he's credited as the singer on this. And yeah. this it's him. is he where I found out. Voice. It should be pointed out that in the liner notes of this record, um, they have 
the engineers, the producer, all the members of the band, and Michael Sweet's wife, Kyle Sweet, is in the liner notes as their makeup artist. In the liner notes for the record. That's incredible. So, like, they were committed to an aesthetic, for sure. Stick. Or... Michael Sweet was just like, honestly, he did probably what I would do were I to have any modicum of success and just bring in all my friends and family to be my quote unquote entourage. Be like, you play drums. You're my makeup artist. Let's make a record, family. Let's all make money. That's that's very church. <laughs> yes, and for sure. It's kind of endearing. And also like, hip hop community. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this... Uh, I think uh, it's very wedding. I think you hit the nail on the head with that, mm-hmm. Josh. Uh, I just hate it though, because it just it's Me it's too. it's even worse than the other ballad. It just it's drags rough. down the. At least it's like, short. But yeah, the best part about it is it knows what's coming next. For sure, <laughs> it knows. This is like it, it. The whole purpose, the reason why they put that song on here, was just to elevate the the next song, as if it even needed to be elevated. For sure. So that's that's a great segue into the last track, track number 11 on To Hell with the Devil, More Than a Man. Uh, I just want to say, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this this was my second favorite song. This is the other one I was between. This one rips as well. Oh, it's I love the guitar in this song. Like I love this whole song. This song's just fantastic. Uh, I think uh, the lyrics are probably the most on the nose of every song on the record. Um, but I think it uh, I think it's it makes up for it with how cool the song sounds. I, this is probably the most Christian hair metal that it could ever be, but I love it for it. I, I love this track. This is probably my favorite one just for the intro alone. I yeah, love that. It's that so long. Good. Yeah. So I, at this point got distracted <laughs> and started reading the variety review for men, the movie by Alex Garland. Uh, that's related this song is called more than a man but i totally like got off track and started reading the review for men uh i then got distracted from that because in that review they described that movie as folk horror bizarre house and i thought that was stupid so i tuned out of that so i started looking up michael sweet's wikipedia page and i found out that in the 90s when striper was on a downswing he moved to Massachusetts with his wife and worked at his father-in-law's campground slash cranberry business, uh, which I really loved because that feels like the 80s heavy metal version of your dog was sick, but we sent them to a farm upstate. Like that feels <laughs> like the most appropriate retirement for a heavy metal singer to go work at a cranberry business. Especially in Massachusetts, if your last name is sweet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sweet. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Our cranberries are sweet. And sweet then I forgot that I was listening to this record. So that's all the A notes window I have. into the mind of Kylan. <laughs> this song lost you? Uh, I or think the last song all, lost me. And this song didn't, okay, didn't yeah, yeah. quite get me back. I was, I'll stick up for this song. I'll stick up for it. But hey, we all learned something about uh, cranberry businesses and how I feel about the variety review of men. <laughs> so someone else needs to contribute something else. <laughs> well, I noticed that the verse or like the pre-chorus or something uh, sounded a lot like the Phantom of the Opera. Oh, There was yeah. something about the progression or the vocal line. I can't put my finger on it, but there was like... Yeah, there's a lot of fanfare. Yeah. On the solo. Um, I wish I was a better, like, theoretical analyst to dive into what it, why it reminded me of that, but it just felt a little, like, Phantom of the Opera, opera is glam goth, and Striper is glam goth, kind of, so yeah. it's like, There's a know. lot of operatic <laughs> moments throughout the second half of this album, yes. and yes. Uh, they got these soaring choruses, and when it kind of tilts into the minor, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Phrygian. I think mm-hmm. actually that might actually, I'm not Man, the look best at you at going modal on us. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> that's what it, I think that's the sound that you're trying to, uh, yeah, trying to describe. I'm identifying, yeah. yeah. I should have paid more attention in music theory class. You really should have. As show should I. I. I believe it. Remember how... Earlier, we was talking about how I don't believe some of the lyrics. I actually right. believe his lyrics in this song. I I think he's singing from the heart on this track. Yeah, I wish there was more stuff like this, or they had cut out like the ballads and put this. Like, this is a great album ender because it ends on like a very specific like high energy vibe. But I think I would enjoy it a lot more if it was higher up in the record. Yeah, true. I, I will think say it's a great the- way to end it though. And it's yeah. on a great note. <laughs> you gotta end it on that, that yeah. last note. That he gets. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a real strong way to end the record. Yeah, yeah and the uh, guitar line at four minutes and three seconds made me want to watch Power Rangers. Yeah, but that's oh, like the yeah. perfect thing to like bring in towards the end to just like as you're as they're still repeating those choruses, maybe as it's starting to drag, but they're like, Oh, here's a new element here. Yeah. Whiddly guitars. <laughs> Okay, so guys, we did it. We listened to the whole record. We talked a lot about it. Um, I was obviously very mad at the drummer. Um, I forgot to mention, I I forgot to mention this at the top of the part B, but Striper did re-record seven of these 10 songs, mostly in 2013, but also one was in 2010. So you can almost like reassemble a re-recorded version of this record i might be into that for anyone interested yeah it's like got all the big ones okay that's cool i kind of want to listen to that i want to hear how they approached it yeah how they did 25 years later Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. no comment (laughs) (laughs) so guys here we go let's let's give our verdicts on whether to hell with the devil was a flop or a bop so I don't quite remember what everyone said their sort of criteria was. I do specifically remember that I said my criteria was whether it had sweet guitar solos, but I'm throwing that criteria out. 
and I might have a different criteria, and we'll see when we get to me. Uh, because this song did have some sweet, sweet guitar solos, but I'm not sure if that's enough to make it a bop. So I want to hear actually from TJ first. Uh, what did you think? Was this a flop or a bop? So I got a little story for you guys. Okay. If you remember back in part A, uh, I mentioned how I was a huge Striper fan. Um, obviously, I also yeah. off mic. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> I also off mic uh, talked about how um, I really enjoy when we do our if this album were a person segments and so i'm going to just like make an executive decision and i'm going to offer my assessment of if this album were a person and then that will uh segue into my assessment of this album oh boy so i i thought of this album before listening to it just based on what i knew about striper and kind of vague remembrances of to hell with the devil and their general vibe and I thought, you know what? They're Billy Hargrove from the uh, cult hit Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh, he's right. the older brother of that character, Max, and he's like the real... <laughs> but they're like, way more Christian. He was like an evil demon boy. So this was my assessment based on the understanding of Striper that I had before listening to this album, okay. Kylan. Okay. So oh. he, you know, he's like the jean jacket wearing bully type. And he was, he's, he's like the manifestation of like every kid that I feared in middle school and high school. <laughs> and so like going into this album, I was like, I'm going to be terrified of this album. And I was right. I was terrified of this album, <laughs> but, but Billy, uh, was born again. You guys, this striper <laughs> album was Billy after he saw the light and he decided, you know what? To hell with the devil. <laughs> I'm going on the straight and narrow. So Billy became a televangelist. He became Billy Graham. This was the story of <laughs> Billy Graham. Yeah, Billy quote Graham Hargrove. So, and and that guy. This is like is so specific. You have to know so many things to get this reference. <laughs> that guy is ten times as frightening and manipulative and scary as the original Billy Hargrove that I was already anticipating this album would be, and. Uh, I don't want anything to do with Billy Har- Billy Graham Hargrove, so this album flops hard for me. It's a total flop. I did not like it. I think you're describing the real-life story of Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's why I didn't like this. But, you know, it, it comes you, back you around, it. though, because <clears throat> Billy Hargrove, that actor, was actually one of the Power Rangers in that really bad Oh, Power yeah, Rangers yeah. Oh, bringing it back. <laughs> so does that, does like that change your opinion of this album? <laughs> no, no, it even further, like, fortifies my All right. assessment. All right, I figured. This was a tough one for me. Um, it has great guitar, and it has some very impressive vocals. Um, it's not my favorite vocal style. So this was like the hard thing of like, do I assess this album for like what it is within the genre or do I assess it like personally? So like if you're into hair and this was kind of like what I talked about on the Mercy Me episode, if you're into that thing, if you're into early 2000s worship music, you could still listen to Mercy Me today and enjoy it. If you're into hair metal, you could still listen to this record today and enjoy it. Um, I was a little let down that it didn't have faster song tempos and uh, 
I just kind of expected the lyrics to be more interesting and like less preachy all the time. Like I, f- I feel like they would have had like a couple songs that were just kind of like standard. It could go either way kind of songs, like songs that you would expect. Like I could see this on MTV, but all these songs were like very upfront about being religious. Yeah. And which rock on for the okay. one who is the it rock. It just didn't. Yeah. But that's almost like funny to a point. Like right. where you're like, you're like in on the joke with it, but some of them, a lot of them weren't. So I wanted to like really enjoy this record for more than it, than it, than I did. Um, I do think the back half is way stronger. Um, and like musically I, there was a lot I really enjoyed, but yeah, just like drum wise, vocal wise, and then vocally, not that it's bad. It's just not my favorite. And then the lyrics just, there wasn't a ton for me to like, really, it took me out of the song. It's really what it was. So I think I have to give it a flop. I wanted to bop it, but I think I'm gonna have to flop it. Okay. So we got two flops. Coop, where are you at? Um, well, I think you have to. I I I agree with a lot of what Josh was saying. I actually agree with a lot of what DJ was saying too. Um, I think you followed that the, because I didn't. Yeah, it, it's very it's very Billy uh, aesthetically. That's uh, right. You know, come to think of it, Billy. there might have been a Striper song in that season of Stranger. You know what? I think I there be might surprised. be. I, I think, think there every is. '80s song was in season three. Yeah, that's true. That, that is it, true. If if it wasn't there, it should have been there. Uh, yeah. I think um, realistically, the point you made with the lyrics is uh, it's a good point. I think it's very very on the nose. It's very preachy, but to to make a counterpoint to that. So was the hair metal back then. Um, right. uh, again, Slayer is one of my favorite bands. Even as a Christian, their lyrics to me make me laugh because it sounds so corny. Right. You know, like the evil aspects. There's of it. like so, an inherent nerdiness to heavy metal yeah. that I think is only becoming like more and more relevant. Yeah. Now. You I know think, what I mean? Like. For the same reasons that it's silly and kind of funny that the lyrics are preachy, I, I can say the same thing about just about every metal album from the from the era, uh, the evil ones, you know, because if they weren't singing about the devil, they were singing about f- female body parts, right. <laughs> you know. So uh, I, it, whether it's a, f- a flop or a bop, I'm gonna have to say that it's a bop. I uh, right. I, I really. I really wanted to tear this album from limb from limb. Right. I thought it was going <laughs> to suck really bad. I thought it was going to be like, but I actually like, I mean, you can shave two or three, a good three songs off of this. And mm-hmm. this is a solid album, uh, especially, I mean, not by today's standards, but like, right. Of the yeah. Time. But, but you think of it like in context of, of it. Yeah. In context, listen to other, just take all the, all the heavy hitters from that era out, like take away Van Halen, take away, slayer take away you know metallica anybody that was big in 1986 and like some of the mid low mid-tier metal bands of this era mm-hmm. this is right up there with them yeah you know there's i mean like the lyrics are a little like i said more more on the nose with the christian thing but it's not that offensive even how preachy the lyrics are there's not a lot of condemning you know yeah so it's there's not a lot of uh finger pointing it's 
they're more like yelling at me like hey love jesus they're not telling me like hey you're going to hell if you don't love jesus right yeah it was so all it was that, all like pretty positive which yeah, yeah that goes the, a long way in christian music I mean, for sure it's true for sure so uh i think the guitar stuff is amazing there's some really cool you know kind of george lynch guitar playing mm-hmm. in this uh the drums do suck but you know but think about it this way though uh in context take away alex van halen take away tommy lee uh take away dave lombardo was there any really good drummers in any hair bands you know (laughs) so like there's some guys clearly better than this dude but people listen to this kind of music for the guitar work and i think it it delivers it did yeah for sure Solid points. Right on, Coop. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I wanted to hate it, but I like it. I mean, there's some of these tracks I would probably throw on a playlist, you know, if I was listening to hair metal. I mean, uh, I, I really like the last track. Uh, I really like, um, what was the one from the, the first the first album, the first track? Oh, Calling on You, I really like. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of these songs I really like. All the fast ones, I kind of dig. Right. It's just the low points that I, the slow ones that suck, were just to be really slow. They were really, yeah. really, really slow. I'll put it to you this way: there's a very, very stellar EP in this album. That's that's Kyle always loves turning albums into EPs. Yeah, like up his alley. Right I'm now. always like, this album would be a bop if it was five songs shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so I guess that comes down to me and Badgie, right? I was going to say, do we get Badgie's review? Badgie fucking loved it. He is drinking Diet Pepsi, worshiping the Lord, jamming out to Striper. Digging holes. (laughs) Yeah. Digging holes. Um, So I've had about half a bottle of wine. So let's dig in, everybody. Um, Can't wait. No. um, (laughs) Let's sit crooked and talk straight. (laughs) So, okay. I loved everything that that Coop was saying. Like, within the context of some other bands, this completely works. Uh, I think the guitar was absolutely incredible. So I'll go. I'll go ahead and say it. Except I have to sneeze. Uh. (laughs) Feel that tension. Um, Okay, never mind. Um, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to flop this. But at this point, everyone should maybe be able to put together the pieces, the piece uh, that fuck the drummer of Striper, man. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm so mad. I don't. And I apologize. I'm sure he's a very sweet man. And I would love to sit down and have a conversation with him one day. But I could not get over how bad the drumming was. And yes, there was not a lot of like, when you think of hair metal, you don't necessarily think of drummers. But to me, so many points in the record were distracting to me that were distracting from the incredible guitar parts because of how bad. I mean, you think of freaking uh, Rick Allen 
from Def Leppard had had one arm and could drum <laughs> better than this. Oh, um yeah. and I know I know I understand I am harping on this like very specific thing that a singular person spent a lot of time doing and you know obviously some of this is like for comedic effect some of it actually physically like I think I started to produce an ulcer listening to this. I was yeah, so angry. I can tell, I can tell that it really bothered you, and I think you gotta include that in your assessment. You know. Yeah, the rest of the record was so you. great. I, I, I do. This does make me want to listen to more Striper. So I don't know. I don't know if that actually ends up making this sort of tangentially a bop, um, because usually my criteria is like. If I want to bop. listen to this yeah, record I was again, say it's a gateway to a bop. <laughs> a but, strong argument for but, a but next I, bop. But I, <laughs> I, I do want to listen to more. I, I am curious. I did really enjoy the heavy metal, the heavy metal Smurfs aesthetic <laughs> of a lot of Smetal. this record. <laughs> this metal. Did we just coin a genre name? The metal. Yeah. The heavy. We totally smetal. listen to heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Coop was saying like Probably the lyrics weren't worse. super judgmental they were like typically like pretty happy and a little bit silly and I was into it but so many of the songs had the exact same drum beat at the exact same tempo and it felt a little bit like the band was kind of constrained by that and so that's what's gonna ultimately make it a flop for me I will though continually like i think to piss off my wife listen to to hell with the devil at high volume in the car whenever we That's drive a down a highway do <laughs> i want to say i want to add to your point uh and again just because i said it was a, a bop and not a flop i'm not being argumentative but i think um you've probably kind of realized this listening to a lot of christian albums in general um the things that we're nitpicking that we all the all four of us didn't like mm-hmm. about this record because we're coming to it we're coming at it with a critical mindset you're almost in, to a degree looking for something to pick at because sure. i know we're trying for to have sure. fun and all that stuff but like if someone would have told me before i listened to this record it's like oh coop listen to this record but you're going to hate the drums uh, i would have it in my head right. i didn't hate the drums i'm not a drummer but right. i do pay attention to i mean i play instruments but i'm not I don't really pay much attention to like what makes a bad drummer. I know mm-hmm. there's records with good drums, but I don't say, man, I'd love that band, but their drummer's terrible. Right. Um, if someone wouldn't have pointed out to me, I really wouldn't have thought the drums would have been any worse than anything from, from any other band. That's not one of the big ones. For sure. And, you know what and I mean? that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe if this record had caught me on a different week, I, you know, and, and and I've talked about that before on this podcast, like I'm, you know, obviously I'm very human and my opinions are malleable, but for some reason, (laughs) (laughs) however, this record hit me in this particular week, I was just like, fuck this, fuck the drums on this record. And I get it. And I know that's really harsh. And I am typically, I'm. 
as someone that has played drums a lot, I usually am like. But you also admitted you were saying I'm a, that I was, also I'm a to terrible your drummer. previous drumming. You were saying that to your previous drumming in a way. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, Josh. Thank you for bringing it Keep back point. to that. I think yeah. maybe I was a little harsh because I'm, I'm, I'm being maybe a little extra critical of myself, and I will fully admit that. Um, but you know I, what? What? I love that we have three bops or three flops, sorry, from the hosts and one bop from our guest because I think that that makes that bop stand up taller and stronger and it's more beautiful and more valuable in contrast <laughs> That's to great. our flops. Yes. I like that we have a bold guest that is not caving to peer pressure. <laughs> he has an opinion and he's standing firm in his opinion i i I really respect that coop no i'm glad we weren't all just like because it'd be it's way easy to like do a hair metal record and just like look at it critically and be like and that's the thing is like like, i flops i i was prepared to like pulling out a bop out of it because of that i i was prepared to like to you know i came into this record super open-minded because i didn't have like you know I, i was prepared to listen to it Specifically within the context of hair metal, um, and I think it, I think it holds up just as well as a lot of records from the time. Something about the drums just pissed me off, man. And I'm sorry, I just I can't get past it. Because if it were not for that, I I think this record would be a bop. Everything else worked for me. The cheesy lyrics worked for me. Um, the guitar solos all worked for me. Um, if you ask me in two weeks, uh, was to hell with the devil a flopper bop? I would probably sit there for a second and be like, you know what? It's, it's probably a bop. But as of now, I have to give my opinion right in this moment. Uh, me and Badgie and half a bottle of white wine, we're going to flop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say going through this episode has increased my appreciation of this record digging into and hearing all these different opinions because before i was like ah that's not i'm not a big hair metal guy so not really for me but i'm like i'm finding more things to like about it as we like went through it and talked about it yeah i think you'll find that i i do this a lot with albums that i hate i try uh, i just want to get this out there super quick is that i don't i don't like to do negative reviews I've done a few negative reviews, mm-hmm. but I try not to because I know when, who a record's made for. Right. Uh, I know it's it would be a waste of the reader's time. It would be a waste of my time if I reviewed a, a BTS record. You right. know, I'm sure I could find something there that's probably good. I'm sure I can pick on the low-hanging fruit for what's bad. But um, I, I know what it's made for. And for what this record is made for... I don't think it's made for Christians so much as it is made for a broad audience. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no judging in it. Like I was saying earlier. And most of this stuff is pretty much like the counterparts of at the time. It doesn't make it a good album because of those things. We can't sit here and say like, Oh, this was broad. So it's automatically can't be bad. Like it could right. still be bad. And there's some bad elements on this record. I mean, there's some questionable stuff from lyrics, uh, vocal performances and of course the drums but uh <laughs> said said what this record was setting out to do was to make um a pop metal album they clearly set out to do that i think they 
I think they did it in a way that if I was nineteen eight if I was in nineteen eighty six in the backseat of a Camaro and we've got the T tops off and we're coming home from the mall or whatever, and this song come on in between Cinderella and like Wasp or something, right. I'd be like, Oh, those were three cool songs we heard. You know, I like Cinderella, I like Wasp. Who was that other one? Oh, a striper. Like, oh okay. Yeah, you know, like I wouldn't say, "Oh God, it's Striper, get it off!" It's Christian music. Turn it, turn it, turn it. Right, right. You know, I think it fits well with its things, and for sure, yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I yeah. I think the songs that that worked, like definitely the more high tempo songs, like a hundred percent achieved that. Like I I they will nail it when I will when probably put on a couple of these songs onto an eighties metal playlist. Right, right, um, right. The the two ballads and and the one drum fill. I just I and the intro. I can't abide by <laughs> it. But yes, no that 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 is a a great point though of like thinking of it in context of like what they were trying to achieve. And I will say this, though I give it a flop, I do encourage listeners to actually give this record a chance. You know, I, I think not everyone is going to be as weirdly focused in on the drums as I happen to be on this listen through. And I think if you're not, I think this record does work. I think it works for what it was going for. Uh, and I enjoyed so much about it. I just hated the drums. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, um, well, I think another thing, another point to, before I've done, taken over this whole podcast, I think what I've learned listening to this album could go for any album, why we listen to records and what a record's meant to do. Um, you know, Josh just said that, you know, he would, if he listens to this later on and he'd be like, you know what? I've kind of got a a different appreciation because you're taking the pressure off of the, of the critic's mind. Mm -hmm. You know, when the first time I listened this all the way through, (laughs) I I played it and I was writing notes as I was listening and I was like mm-hmm. trying to pinpoint things I can make notes about. But if you're just putting this on while you're like folding laundry or building Legos, it wouldn't bother you as bad as it would if you had the headphones on and you're trying to find right. something to, to talk about, you know? So I think any album that you listen to with that kind of uh, ear, you're going to find things that's going to make you not enjoy it. For sure. Well, you know well that that actually that that brings up an an inherent I wouldn't say problem um but challenge an inherent challenge of our podcast in particular because right. I think a lot of the records that we have covered and will cover may ultimately like end up kind of falling within that line of like, you know, it, it, it works if it's just playing in the background, but you know, but then we also still have to like say our opinions and our opinions can change from day to day or activity to activity. And I think that's just, I don't know. I don't know that that just brings up a really, I don't know if I necessarily have a response, but that brings up an interesting concept of art criticism in general yeah subjectivity yeah (laughs) we're we're bringing uh, making things very theoretical at the end of this podcast (laughs) and uh and i I apologize if i 
break up the band and cause you guys to stop doing this podcast. No, I love it. No, I love it. We're, that would we're, be tragic. We're here. In fact, I'm thinking of quitting, and you can Striper... take over my spot because you offered a lot more than I did. Alan, you got to stop offering every guest. I, know, we have I think on. every guest we've had, I think I said I'll quit, and you just take my place. But no, Coop, I like that Striper, the the unique combination that is our podcast the album to hell with the devil from striper and you a delightful insightful person have helped us land in this very theoretical intellectual space because it's true all we have as kylan once told me is our opinion and so we're here to share it and i'm grateful to get to do it with all of you guys and coop thanks for being on Really, I, I don't think we joy. could have had a better guest for this record. <laughs> yes, Anyone I don't think we could have like, had as interesting uh, conversations as. No way, <laughs> definitely not. So actually, I, uh, brought it. Yeah, that that's a really great transition that I'm gonna bring to a screeching halt and uh, turn into this. Uh, Coop, is there anything you want to plug? As I think we're wrapping this thing up. Um, I first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show. I love the concept of this show, uh, especially someone who's grown up in church, performs in church regularly. Um, I I believe in God. I do all those things, and I try to be uh, I try to be a lot better than a lot of <laughs> than a lot of uh, mainstream Christians have been right. as of late or throughout history. So, uh, so what I think what you guys are doing here is really really good, and it's actually pro. It's actually more positive than than the concept sounds on paper. And right. uh, I'm a huge fan That's good of what hear. you guys of what you guys are doing. I can't wait to hear uh, what comes after this because I've listened to just about everything up to this point. So, nice, um, man. awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to continue doing that. And I genuinely mean that. I don't just say that as you know me leaving the podcast. I'm I, <laughs> dead serious. I love the format. I, I love all this works. As for me, um, listen to Crush Monocle podcast. We've got some really cool guests lined up. Um, and if you just if you like to hear two dudes talk about stuff, mostly music, movies, uh, I think there's a, a big overlap. We, yeah. If people are gonna dig this, then if you dig this, then you like you'll dig that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, any place you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's under Bearded Gentleman Music. Or you can search uh, Crush Monocle Podcast. Or you can go to beardedgentlemanmusic.com. Uh, it's always on there. Uh, the host, I'm the host. My co-host is the owner of the site, uh, John. He's a fantastic dude. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll dig it. Or at least try to dig it. And if you don't, leave a really nasty comment, and I'll be sure to read it on a future <laughs> episode. Perfect. They can critique your drumming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Smash Watch, that like it's, button it's and leave a nasty comment about ch- drums. Church Jam's now host. 69 comments. <laughs> I hated the drums. <laughs> You'll know it's me. The drummers will revolt. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yes. Thank you so much uh, for being on our podcast. Everyone that's listening, please, you know, the usual things. Rate, review, subscribe. Check out our Patreon for more content if you can believe it and we will see you next time on church jams now church jams now oh it's still going oh wow